Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials on nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today, myself, it's your nerdy tutor, George, and with me here today, Queen of the Monsters, my mom. Can I be Mothra? Ooh, definitely a good one. Yeah. Cool butterfly thing. Yeah. So, we watched three Godzilla films that were all produced within the last decade. Because there weren't any others produced in the last <laughs> test de- decade, yeah. within reason. Um, so we watched. So we have watched the 2014 Godzilla. We have watched the 2019 Godzilla King of the Monsters. Both of those produced here in America. And then we also watched Shin Godzilla, or um, which is the 2016 rebirth, uh, rebirth or re- reboot of the series in Japan. That was, again, somewhat famously, you know, they said, like, yeah, we can do that again. And after watching the 2014 version. So, I wanted to start with the American versions and we'll go to the Japanese one because I have I want to start with an overall comment. Yes, let's start with the overall comments. Godzilla really isn't about Godzilla. It tends not to be sometimes. It, it It's about human failing. I mean, seriously, these, Godzilla is a metaphor. Mm-hmm. for all the ways in which we... Well, it depends which movie you watch. All the ways in which we've destroyed the Earth, all the ways in which we don't plan and protect ourselves, all the shortfalls in our own... Um, the folly of man in a number of ways. It is, It is as the song says. Mm-hmm. You know, history points out again and again the folly of man. Um, and this is the, the, the Blue Oyster Cult Godzilla song, which, by the way plays in the closing credits for the second for, for the, the second, second movie one, like it's a remaster of it and it's yeah like, and again I, I remember watching that and just thinking ooh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um so godzilla in the modern version in, in the versions that i watched in in the 60s in the movie house it was about the monsters or i was too young to realize it was about anything else it may have been about something else and i just didn't get it to me, I, I mind you, I was I was you know, going to it with my older brother who was forced to take me along with his friends. So, so you know, I probably got sort of a, a testosterone take on it. But it was to me about the monsters, and it was a big thing because because we were watching films that weren't necessarily made here. Yeah, I, I mean, like when I was, I mean, I can very much relate to that watching, you know, Star Wars as a kid and thinking oh, cool, lightsaber fights and, like, the Death Star fighting. And I watch it now as an adult, I'm thinking, wow, this is this has got the an emotional, inter- yeah, the emotional, an, yeah. emotional turn and it's got an interesting kind of political message when you when you really give it a lot of thought there. But again, I mean, like, when we're children, we don't, we, we watch it for the spectacle. When we're adults, we, we watch it for the spectacle and then we're like, wait, what is that trying to tell me? Well, and, and some of this is really blatant with what it's trying to tell you. It comes right out and says it, which which I think is kind of a shame. I think we, we dumbed down political messages. Um, the more subtle one was the Japanese. Um, yes, very much so. Yeah, um, and, and we, we spoon-feed it to people because we don't think that they're intelligent enough to get there on their own, which I think is too bad. Um, but interesting that... that all three of these movies feature a monster, but really at the core of it are about something else, mm-hmm. and a good excuse to create some some 
some things and and uh, and Ooh. do a little CGI. So, um, well, I mean, keep in mind back in the day, I mean, like their CGI would have been like, we'll light off a pyrotechnic here and it'll look like fire, and we'll shoot from this angle. Well, the early parts of the Japanese film feel very much like that. Oh yes, though no, absolutely feel it is very, very much a almost almost a send up. It's not meant to be satirical, but I laughed when I first saw Baby Godzilla come out. Um, the googly eyes. Yeah. So, but okay. So, 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 I just wanted to start by saying these are not really about the monster. They're really about man's shortfalls mm-hmm. as. As emotional plots driven movies go, it it's so formulaic. Oh yeah. And and you can so see it coming. I, I less so with the Japanese one, but only because the Japanese one doesn't have a giant amount of emotion I feel that's being like It doesn't have a giant amount of the monster either. No, no. So and, and only features one. Yeah, but the but, but again, like we're all, if we go back in time, and and of the three, it's my favorite movie. So oh so. no, and again, I, I I I found the Japanese one far more. I I, found, I like that one a lot better. Although it's a close second, it's a close you know close be close behind that is King of the Monsters because I I love I just enjoy the amount of silliness that that one is. Yeah, but for the yeah. wrong reasons, and that's probably the same order I would put them in. Um, my my least favorite being the one that was the huge box office success here I understand the second movie not so much yeah so let's talk about that 2014 version uh, directed by Garth Edwards Independence Day anyone oh my goodness so <laughs> Independence Day just saying it, it, it get a lot of I get a lot of impressions from Independence Day but I also like was watching this and forgot occasionally that this was a movie and I think part of that was mostly because these it felt like I was watching a found footage sort of thing at certain times. Like I was running around and I was watching like somebody who just happened to have a, you know, was following, you know, we were, we're following, you know, Ford Brody, you know, who's played by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Although I think we both kind of agree that like you could have in theory kind of canceled any... What else has he ever been in? I don't even know who else he's. What else he's been in? Because it's, it's there's so many disposable. I'm like you're mildly you're mildly familiar, and and it's interesting because um, in both those movies you don't have a lot of you you have you don't have a lot of named actors aside from Brian Cranston is probably the, the most well known. Brian uh, Cran- Brian Cranston and then a close second to that um, is probably going to be like David Stratham, the admiral. Who's been in a lot of stuff? Who's here. been in Born? He was He's Noah Boson. Yeah, and then in, I, in Born, in one of the Born movies, and then my, like one of my favorite scenes from the Born movies. He's in. Mm-hmm. so. Um, and then also Ken Watanabe as well, who yeah. I think, who I think in this particular case, like Ken Watanabe being a part of the film is very much this intent of we need something Japanese to add a lot of gravitas to this. And, and, and he's, he's one of the actors that flows on to the next film. Yes. And, and I think in a nice way. Um, but, but at the same time, I do, I do highly, you know, like I see something with Ken Watanabe and I immediately go, Ooh, this is going to be good. Cause it's kind of like watching like Leonardo. It's like kind of like knowing like Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio is going to be in something. You're like, Ooh, I kind of want to see what he's going to do next. Because he always chooses interesting pieces. Yeah. And he, and that used to also be the same case with, um, what's his face? Um, Denzel Washington, although yeah. a lot less so as of late, he's, he's definitely kind of moved into the, uh, Liam Neeson. Um, 
which is mold. too bad because I, I I fondly remember him in Much Ado About Nothing, which was um, a, a uh, movie using Shakespeare, the Shakespeare play, and he he plays an Italian noble in the Renaissance period, and you totally buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which I thought was was brilliant and brave. Now an actor, now an actress that is in this movie here that you may not that for when she was cast in the movie she was a nobody, but she's since gone on to be uh, the Scarlet Witch as well, which is Elizabeth Ol- Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting to kind of see her in this because again, had we watched this in 2014, we all would have thought, oh, that's just another, that's just another actress at the end of the day. And now that we see her, now that she's been in the Marvel Cinematic Universe here, it's like I kept kind of sitting here and expecting, oh, well, this could be a major character because her name's on the... because she's a, she's a named person. I know who this is. And then... And, and I'm kind of hoping they, they bring back those two in the next movie. You I have would, room to do that. They survive. Yeah, they survived. Um, but... I I'm, liked I liked that you had a couple of characters that continued on from the first movie. Yes, because you also had... Yeah, the Admiral continues on. Um, Ken Watanabe's character, also the, the chick he's with. Yeah, uh, Sally Hawkins. Okay. Yeah, and they continue on. And I kind of like that. If you're going to have a monster verse, which I assume this is kind of what this is. So, yeah, so Legendary Pictures, um, when they rebooted the recent Godzilla on Skull... Uh, excuse me, King Kong on Skull Island, um, they introduced kind of this group called Monarch, which is kind of in the background... Um, Stuff so it's kind of like Shield, I guess, if you want to mm-hmm. relate it to like Marvel. That's actually a good universe. analogy, yeah. Um, so it's kind of like that at the end of the day, if you, if you want to analogize it to something. Um, but they were there on Skull on Skull Island. They weren't a huge part of uh, the 2014 Godzilla so much as they were kind of in the background, always kind of there. They know about the spores. Well, then they know they know about monsters at the end of the day. So, so the 2014 movie, um, very formulaic. I, you know, I'm I'm always interested in, in in roles that Brian Cranston takes. He he does interesting things. To me, he's he's like Leonardo DiCaprio in that he he picks he picks projects that are. See, I liked him in this one. I did too, and and he actually reminded me of Jack Lemmon in The China Syndrome. Ooh. Okay, which if you haven't seen it, is a an 80s movie about. Um, uh, a nuclear uh, plant that he feels the vibration and everybody thinks he's crazy but he feels the vibration he knows there's something wrong and he discovers that welds weren't done correctly and that the tests of the wells were all just photocopied uh, x-rays and that they didn't really check the welds and um, and if there's a nuclear core breakdown then you would melt straight through the earth to the other side, hence the name China syndrome. Mm-hmm. And um, and nobody believes him and people think he's crazy. And he finally has to lock himself in the room so that he can shut down the, he, he basically takes a gun, throws everybody else out and shuts down the nuclear reactor before, the, before it happens. So um, Brian Cranston's role very much reminded me of that. He feels the tremors. His, and um, and he knows there's something wrong and he's recording it and this is going on for a period of time. He gets up one morning and his wife works at the nuclear plant. And this is in Japan, we should say. Yeah, but this is this is probably the part that really pissed me off in the entire movie, though. 
Okay. Uh, if only just because, like, when I saw it, I was just like, "You're in Japan. Why are you? Why are you getting in on the left side of the car to drive? And why do? Why is it that all the houses look like a suburban American take on what a Japanese suburb would look like?" Well, I actually thought you know it looked like some of the suburbs we we saw from the train. But like I, I thought when we were going to Mount Fuji, it, it reminded me of some of that area. Maybe, yeah. Again, I just it, for whatever reason, like I just remember seeing that and just thinking, "Oof, this looks weird." Well, you knew early on it was going to go wrong, and and to me that was very formulaic too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and all, but he he feels the tremors. He's recording them over a period of time. He realizes that there's a pattern to them, yes. but he hasn't figured out why yet. Um, it's incensed him. It's well, yeah. He's passionate about what's going wrong. Then his he sends his wife with her team to go into the um, a portion of the nuclear tunnels. Yes. Um, to check something to re- take some me- some measurements and things, and she and her team are all bunny suited up, and and obviously she gets trapped and dies. He try he stands at the door waiting for her to come back, and you know she's not going to make it. Nope. And you know that the minute he slams the doors that, that permanently lock to keep the radiation from getting out, that his wife's going to appear at the door. You, you know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it does. Yes. So, so they go through that whole sequence, and there's a sort of a, a meltdown at the plant, which they pass off. He, he knows something's wrong. Yeah. It, there's something wrong going on there. The, but the government the, passes it off as an earthquake. Yeah, because all the signal, all the readings would give you the impression of an earthquake, but they look too... They're too orga- formulaic. They're, they're too, form- too, yeah. too formulaic, you know, not organic Too enough. much of a pattern, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we jump into the future and... They that whole they, town has been, been sealed off and closed off for... Quarantined. Fi- for, it's, what, 15 years or something? Yeah, about that, uh, yeah. yeah. So it would have been 1999 and then... The because everybody person. says it's radioactive and he keeps breaking in trying to get back to his research. Mm-hmm. Which is left at his house, which is apparently still in like near pristine condition. Because mm-hmm. um, again, I mean, like it was a it was a the radiation leak, not a disaster in that particular yeah. sense, where like it blew up. Yeah. Um, so the film actually follow doesn't really follow Brian Cranston's character so much as as their son, who has since become like an army um, uh, bomb disposal person, I guess. Uh, EOD, yeah. And then. So he's just back from deployment in San, uh, from deployment he gets back home to San Francisco and then suddenly has the jet set doesn't back. even get to spend a night with his wife nope but then gets to has to go jet set back to Japan because Brian Cranston is over there who's just got arrested because of breaking and entering into the restricted zone once again so the son has lost his mother and and now he's having to to take on his his dad of sorts which which seems you know sad. Yeah. And his dad and everybody thinks his father's crazy. His father's still in Japan. Well, he thinks his dad is his dad is crazy too. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know? he does. And, he, and and again, with an all rational rightness that you know they're not wrong. He's not wrong on, on that. He's ob- level. certainly obsessive. Oh yes. Yeah, but but he's the, he's that crazy. So it's that that crazy. You know he's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it's that formulaic crazy, you know, yeah, everybody disregards him, but you know he's right. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of its own tip-off. Yeah. 
Uh, and they, so they break back into the city, they get to the house and get the research, and then they notice, you know, like, hey, what's all that, what's going on with the power plant? Are they trying There's to restart? There's something going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they now, get caught. Yeah. Now, mind you, what we haven't discussed is back in when the power plant originally went down, in the Philippines, there was an earthquake which released something that, that goes and you see the trail to the sea, mm-hmm. but you never see the something. You never you never see the thing. And the you thing, just see the trail sort of like a, 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 a nasty cut ravine. Like a, like a meteor kind of struck down and left yeah, this like crater bl- kind of Perfect. Strain. Yeah. Yeah. And so, when we get to the, um, so it's it's assumed and not specific at all that this is what caused the power plant to go down because it all happens within the same time, the all within the same day sort of like time frame. Yeah. Um, so it gives the, the Japanese know that really wasn't an earthquake. No, well, certain Japanese people know that it wasn't the earthquake. Right. Right. I'm sorry. Certain Japanese, not the not, not the, the Japanese, populace, yeah, not like, the populace, but yeah. The, but there's a certain amount of people that are like, no, we actually know what happened, and yeah, and it's a creature that's eating or living off of the radiation. Yes, and 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 here's where it becomes weird for me, is they were off the off the atoll islands, off the Bikini Atoll. There was. Um, a series of nuclear bombs, bomb blasts in the in the late forties and fifties. Mm-hmm. And thus, I think those were feeding Godzilla. Well, I think they were. I think they were originally trying to kill Godzilla. Godzilla lives off of off of radiation. Uh, by the way, these monsters live off of radiation. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Which is again kind of a, you know, and again, I mean, like still kind of keep it tied down to that. Um, nuclear atomic sort of radiation sort of message and sort of theming that was there in the original. But it Godzilla. means you can't really fight them with radiation. No. With, with uranium. Well, again, I mean, like if we're if this is us back in the 1950s, 1940s and fifties, because it was it's 1954 is when the original movie came out. But because um, they keep making allusions to that, even Ken Watanabe, um, his entire character is even name is uh, based off of the original director and then the sci- the director of the 1954 movie and then also the doctor in the, in the movie that figured out how to kill Godzilla. Oh, okay. So that's Ken, Ken, Ken Watanabe's entire name there. Um, but, again, I mean, like, if this was us back in the 1940s, like, we didn't know any better. So, I mean, like, I think that's... I think we were trying to kill Godzilla, but we just fed it at the end of the day, not realizing that it, I think is perhaps the way that's been characterized. So I didn't feel like that was blatantly said, but I thought that was the inference. Yeah. Well, and keep in mind, like the way we're inferring it is through literally like looks like scrap sort of like wall hangings of a madman. Where stuff is kind this of like is true, out. yeah. So and so yeah. So and this is all just the initial title. When, when you go to sequence. to. Uh, Brian Cranston's apartment. You see it. it the walls are covered. The, that's why the sun says, "Oh, yeah, you're you're nuts." Um, the walls are covered with clippings. It's a beautiful mind. Yes. You know, and and again, I, I I always find that kind of interesting that that's the shorthand for like, you know, this person is crazy or this person is too dedicatedly crazy to what he's into. It's obsessive. Yeah, like yeah. I, I always find that to be kind of an interesting sort of 
Like like if you're obsessed with a person, then you hang their picture all over you. It's if you're obsessed, that's what you do. You use your walls. You know, I mean, you use all the space you have available to you. Yep. Um. So eventually, we get to this power plant here. Now, Brian Cranston's character and uh, Ford here have been jailed in the facility because they're like, "Well, you guys are here. Um, you guys weren't supposed to be here." And this just all happens to be on the same night in which um, this egg thing hatches, Yes, I guess. And so releases what they call the MUTO. MUTO. And MUTO stands for Monster... I, I actually didn't catch I, that. I, I, did, I, do, I, did, I did catch it. Um, right, now I'm semi-curious. Semi yeah, no, they, no, no. It, it, the initial stand for... It stands for something... Um, Terrestrial is, I believe, the T. Massive unidentified terrestrial organism. There we go. So yeah, so that's that's the name. That's so massive that's name. unidentified terrestrial organism. Yes, so that's the so that's the name that they're giving you. Moto's become important. It's important to know what that is. It's true. Um. Yeah. So so they so so there's they've been incubating this thing. Yes, so they've, they've been incubating it, um, and they're trying to think, like, oh, well, well, we can contain it here. And, like, the thing is basically like, no, you're not containing me. Well, and part of the reason why they've been incubating it is is there's kind of a fear that it's going to release radiation. It's absorbing the radiation from the plant. Mm -hmm. And if you kill it, then that radiation is no longer going to be absorbed. It's going to go out into the atmosphere. Potentially, again, I mean, like, we're... It's, it's one of it's one of those those consequences have consequences things. Yes. Which and is true of all of these movies. Yeah, you do one consequences thing. Consequences have consequences. Mm -hmm. if, 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 Which is not on you know there's a cause and like, effect to everything you do. Yeah, like the butterfly effect on a massively uh, destructive. Oh, and there's destruction. And there is destruction. Yeah. So the Muto gets out. Um, you know, that kills a bunch of people, and Ken Watanabe feels kind of sad about it here. And the, basically, the military's come in and been like, "Okay, well, we're taking over here now. Is there anybody you need?" And he points to Brian Cranston and his kid. Is like, "I need them," because while they were over here, and, and and mind you, Watanabe used to work at the plant, or somehow knows Brian Cranston, or so. What's happening was is that when Brian Cranston was being. Um, you know, because he wasn't originally crazy. No, no, no. So when he was being interrogated here, Ken Watanabe was kind of listening in. That's right. From okay. a from like a two way from a one, one way, way mirror. mirror. Yeah. And he was talking about how he has the data, how everything seems that seems this way, and Ken Watanabe was like, "Wait, he was here beforehand, and he's got data." And he understands the and pattern. He, he understands the pattern, and he realizes there's something going on here. I want him. He knows yeah. something. Yeah. I gotta find out what he knows that could help and, me here. And, okay, and so this is true of all of all three movies, and I'm just gonna point it out now because it's a good example of it. Um, is the movies pair and yet conflict science and military force? There's this weird sort of synergy, like military knows they need to have the information, but they don't really like the scientists. They don't always respect the scientists. They're willing to overrule the scientists, which is always a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. I think uniformly, it always, 
goes it always comes back to to, to haunt them. You, yeah so you have to listen to science so there's this weird sort of i don't even know how to de- describe it they they um realize they mutually need each other but and it's true in all three movies it's consistent yeah it's this weird dissonance where it's like they're no, in separate rooms they're in separate rooms and like <laughs> very much in separate rooms we, we're the military we can handle this here it was like and then the scientists over here is we like, just want to blow it up we just want to get rid of it get destroy it. well again if you have a hammer everything looks like a nail yeah you know and that's that's unfortunately the problem in a lot of cases where like if you know how to do it, and again especially in the sense of like the American military here has very much been in the sense of, you know, we destroy stuff. We go in and we we're we're taught how to destroy stuff, not necessarily. And it how to is build. the American military that always gets everybody into trouble, even in the Japanese movie. Even in the Japanese movie, absolutely. Just just saying. So, um, so eventually, Brian Cranston's kid Ford here gives, you know, Ken Watanabe some information. And he gets sent to Hawaii because that's where that's how he's going to get back to San Francisco from Japan. So he gets and into Brian Cranston dies. Brian Cranston dies, unfortunately. Yeah, would have liked to see him in more of it here, but also kind of a it realized along the way that if he was in more of it here, like what was he actually going to be doing? What could he have done? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I had the same reaction. It's too early for him to go. But it's too early for me to go, but what what more was he going to do while he was there? What was he going to contribute? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was also my, my opinion. And, and as also, well. as long as he was alive, was Ford going to try to Ford as his son trying to get back to him? Mm-hmm. Rather than to his wife and, and his son. Yeah, well, what would have that, what yeah. would have that calculation yeah, so, look like? So, yeah, sorry to see him go. He goes fairly early in the film. Mm-hmm. Time-wise, sequence-wise. Yeah, but at the 40 same, minutes. Yeah, give or take about That's like, the other thing about all three films are like two hours. It was the uh, two two and a half hours, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a long time. They're long. Mo- they're long movies. <laughs> they're long movies. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Ford gets back to not the Irishman, but hey, <laughs> but the Irishman like drags for the last I thirty know, minutes. I know. Um. So Ford gets back to gets onto Hawaii and is trying to get back home, but the Muto comes through Hawaii. Of course. And we also get our first signs. You of, get great luau scenes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and and you get scenes, and this is, why is everybody looking at it? If you know shit, is, excuse me, if you know crap is happening, you just run. It doesn't matter what it is, and there's no point in looking at it. Well, again, I mean, it's it's a lot like, I, I get let's, like, let's go see what's going to eat me? No, I'm more, I think I'm it's I'm sorry, more, I'm going underground. But it's the same reason why we all kind of like, slow down and watch a car see whatever happened on the side of the road when we see flashing lights in a car that's been flipped over but we're not in danger at that point at the point where i'm in danger i'm sorry i'm I'm going for a bunker yes but if it's something you've never seen before you kind of don't have the you know the so you think it's human nature to look i think it's human nature to absolutely okay. look because again i mean like i kind of got to know what it is i hear big things crashing behind me I'm, I'm running no i hear again if i hear it behind me i'm running but if it's right in front of me i'm kind of like I have to know what happened. Well, all their backs are to it, and the little girl sees it first. Well, again, I mean, like, if you're fo- hyper-focused on one thing, do you hear a tsunami coming behind you? Okay. How many of us know what a tsunami sounds like? Well, this is true. You know, how, how you know. Well, they're, they're, they're paying attention to the luau. 
but but no so so you get to you get to see hawaii kind of kind of blow up yes you get you get some nice little hawaii damage and then you also get the first sighting of yeah and this is one of the major th- issues. And I, I, ha- I love the I love how they show the spines coming out of the sea. Oh yeah, Th- this is one of the my not a huge gripe about the movie, but like there's not enough Godzilla in Godzilla, which was the theme the critics had an issue with. But I also think it's the right amount of Godzilla because it's not overbearing, and like it leaves a lot of the details of kind of like I want to see what happens next when he comes around. Sort of things versus like later movies, um, which heavily highlight the monsters in King of Monsters. I think you know, King of the Monsters just we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. Just has too many monsters. It has too many monsters. Get lost in them. They kind of look the same because they're all so dark. What is the problem with putting some color on our monsters? Because they come from the bottom of the sea, and a lot of our things at the bottom of the sea have color. I don't know. Coral is pretty colorful. It could be, yeah, but it does. I think coral is more closer to shallower water in a lot of cases, okay. so you so you get it's more light. light. Because all of the monsters, we even even the winged monsters, are all dark. Mm-hmm. So when they're fighting, it's hard to tell exactly which one is which. Yeah. No, absolutely Just, agree. You mean like just just a comment? Oh, you know. Yeah, absolutely agree there. And then everything happens at nighttime too, so it doesn't help at all. Yeah, lots of dark. Mm -hmm. So um, somehow, for whatever reason here, um, the so when they were in the Philippines, going back to the beginning of the movie, there were two things there. There, One of them looks like it hatched; the other one was still dormant. So they took that thing that was dormant and moved it to like. Nevada or, or like or they put it in a in a nuclear disposal site in Nevada mm-hmm. and I can tell you real world um, when we have to haul off dirty soil uh, soil that, that's got volatile organic compounds in it which are solvents usually um, when we have to haul off really nasty dirty soil asbestos all those things when we're developing we take it to Utah or Nevada so I never want to live in Utah or Nevada because there's just nasty stuff out there. That's real. We put it on, on boxcars, on trains, and take it out there and dump it. My question is how do they get this thing there? Because this thing is not insignificantly small. This thing is at least, you know, the size of a good two-story building. Container ships? I, I, I Going through the Panama Canal, you wouldn't believe how much stuff there is on container ships. That's true, but again... It's I a big-ass like, container. But again, to get it to Nevada as well, I mean, like... How oh, you... oh, 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 it's a movie. I'm sorry, the logistics side of stuff, because I work in a logistics company now. This is true. This is true. So um, so they go to this, they go to the nuclear silo, and they're looking through, like, the doors and trying to see... I was, I, I was wondering if it was going to be Area 54, but yeah. <laughs> or 51. 51, sorry. Um, no, so they're looking through there, and finally somebody opens one of them, and they see light on the other side. It's like, guys, over here. And then they look, and it's like, like he kept expecting them to open up the thing and have an eyeball looking through it Wait, almost. Yeah. And then, like, you that look through That would have been one, cool. Which would have been kind of interesting, too. And then, like, you look through, and then you open the one, and it's like, oh, there's light on the other side. And you look through it, and they just open it up. No not worried about race. No precautions. These are just army men. They're not bunny suits. No, they're just... Open it up and just like look through it, like, huh, I guess he went through. And it's a new thing that's even 
bigger. So the first one is like, you know, pretty big. It's the big. female and it's bigger. It's the female and it's bigger. It's got the same kind of form, but the other one now has wings apparently, so it flies. Yeah, because you need your disaster to be airborne. Airborne so that it could they're all drawn to major metropolises. Well, cuz there's a they're lot of They're never drawn to the middle of nowhere. Just want to point that out. True. So the the female muto which is active and we've now kind of figured out that the male muto and this female muto are trying to get to each other. And it's put, and it's put rather creatively. I forget exactly how they term it, but I know I laughed um, when they when they said, "Well, you know, why would they we want to together get together? Well, to procreate." But the way it's I forget exactly how it's worded, but it's pretty. It's cute. Yes, I, um, it's, it's worded euphemistically, I assume, because there there might be younger children in the audience. Oh yes, of course. You would totally take you know your children to a PG thirteen Godzilla film. Yes, you know, so. Especially after the the box office, you know, mega vehicle that was the 1998 Godzilla. Very very children friendly. Yeah. Uh, It had Hank Azaria in it. He's a pretty funny guy. Always always worth watching. Absolutely. Um, But uh, so the female Muto decides to make a beeline through Las Vegas. Um. Lovely to see to see that because people don't know they're trying to they're actually there's a moment in which you realize people are trying to figure out whether it's real mm-hmm. or it's, it's an slot, attraction. It's an attraction thing, yeah. Yeah. And everything kind of shakes a little bit. You're kind of like, oh, it's Las Vegas. Whatever, it's Las we're Vegas. We're drinking. Yeah, we're drinking. We're gambling. We're having a good time. Whatever. Yep. And it just like tears through the building, and everyone's starting like, oh, that thing was real. And I was kind of hoping you'd get some sort of. Um, because you have so many, so many sort of landmarks in Las Vegas. You have the Eiffel Tower. You have um, Caesar's Palace. This, you, you've got the the pyramids. Um, you've got so many you know, you, destinational you, landmarks. Yeah, you've got the the fountains in front of the Venetian. You've got all these things that you could have done something cool mm-hmm. with the moto and some of these backdrops, and nobody and they didn't do it. No, there was some. Yeah, nothing, nothing really corny and. Well, I think at the end of the day here, like when we actually go, we like you see the very beginning of the Muto going through there, but a majority of that that you see is actually like B film, sort of like from a helicopter watching it kind of walk through, and then you see all the devastation that happened afterwards. But you don't get the corny sort of he's peeking over the or she, peeking over the pyramid. No. Or, or or lifting up the Eiffel Tower. Or oh, okay, so that's what, yeah. So you don't see any of that. It just it literally just kind of like walks through. It was just like, this is in my way. Why are these things in my way? See, I and I would have liked to have seen it go a little campy with all the things you have in Las Vegas that you could get campy with. Yeah, and and again, I mean like. It had possibilities that weren't uh, taken yeah, advantage of. And again, if you're going to be in a big Godzilla movie, wouldn't you like to have Caesar's Palace in there maybe or have. Your exactly. name somewhere in there along the way, even if it's like, it's a movie. Nothing got hurt, but hey, don't you remember? Like, it had been it had been cute. Yeah, I agreed. Absolutely. It could it could have been cute, or you could have had a cute scene with with one of the the mega penthouses with with 
somebody looking out the window and then having the top taken off or something. Or just so, have, or just like have it looking into one of the buildings for whatever reason as yeah, it's passing through. Yeah. Like, so so I wonder, you know, like there were possibilities that yeah. they didn't take advantage of there. This is this is a movie that takes itself very seriously. I guess that's my point. And there was no levity into this movie at all, which I think yeah. would have added a lot to this film at yep. the end of the day. Because yeah. there certainly were plenty of opportunities to add a little bit of levity in there somewhere. It's a little heavy-handed altogether. Mm-hmm. The messaging is empty. Is is I think a little heavy-handed. Well, I found um, the messaging it's dark. To be, I found the messaging to be rather vapid at the end of the day. Really, there's not a lot of like, like a lot of the characters in this movie are not really well developed, if if at all. Yeah. And a lot. It lacks of, on plot. It lacks on plot, and it really does. I mean, like. What messages it does have is just like, ooh, look at destruction. And there's not like a lot of messaging or anything. I think I think I think the mess. I think there is messaging in that when when man fools with nature, you screw it up, and and there are going to be consequences, and you need to be careful because some of this, you know, my take on it was was created by the fact that we played with radiation, and if we had just not ever bombed, never created nuclear uh weapons we would have never awakened godzilla so that was the that was the messaging i took and the idea that you can solve everything with the nuclear weapon or or even just you know armed you know stuff here at the end of the day because again i mean yeah that that that, that's a good resolution i think was the the messaging but i i disliked how um it was just transparent and and i disliked that that the storyline for ford mm-hmm. was so improbable he ends up being every place you need him to be he's on the train that's taking these every, warheads over to to san francisco or and then he's and then he's airlifted and then he's airlifted to like Oakland. he's in hawaii when he needs to be in hawaii yeah and it all and and it's and and everybody in, you know incorporates them into their military team just because he has ordinance experience oh, without just, really just, knowing him yeah without really knowing him oh he's a lieutenant he's in the ordinance Ooh, bring him on board you know oh yeah, yeah he's the perfect guy to hell a drop because he's the guy that you know put this you know old-fashioned I, I, I timer to, on there. yeah i used to i used to program them or i i modified I, I, it I, I and so i know it them and so i know how they work yeah you know like i've got i just came back from deployment but you would trust that over your own crew member that you yeah. who, who been you have experience yeah not probable no. so so it was a little formulaic you know that he's going to meet back up with his wife at yeah at the, and, er- and that everything's going to be fine at the end of the day yeah you know, like, this is a character, like, if you killed him off, like, I would have had a lot more, you know, kind of like, you know, I, I would have been a lot more sympathetic for the character at the end of the day. Left him, left him looking for, for his, his, Par- his, his parent, his kid and his wife, you know, can't Or find teamed him. him up with the Japanese kid that he gets, that he. I, I, again, I would have thought that, I thought he would have had the Japanese kid with him for a bit here. Yeah. So, because he, in, during the, the time period that we're in Hawaii, he um, manages to get on a um, sky rail at the airport with, um, and and this child is still, it gets on the sky rail, but his parents aren't able to get on behind him. So now he's got the child and he, he signals to them that he's gonna try to return them and then all hell breaks loose. 
And um, eventually, it, he does return the kid. He does return the following he, day. He returns him too soon, though. I I thought, okay, so you saddle him with the kid, and he's stuck between his responsibility for what he can do militarily and his obligation to the parents. He doesn't know how to find them and making sure the the kid is okay. And I thought that would have been more interesting in some ways. I, I yeah, I thought so too. To have this kid around, kind of like. Straddled with this kid that, all, you're trying to, that you're trying to protect in a lot of ways. It almost felt like, okay, we're going this direction, and then somehow they decided maybe not. Was because that, otherwise, there was really no reason to do it. Yeah, I absolutely agreed. So? So the, the end of the movie basically comes down to San Francisco. The male and the female Muto have decided to spawn, plant, spawn in uh, Chinatown. Yeah, they're going to build a nest. In Chinatown. And build a Chinatown. And um, Godzilla... Uh, which, which living close to San Francisco, we... Uh, we find we find funny. Yeah. It's a great scene with the Golden Gate Bridge, though. I, I, I like how they imagine it to be this really kind of flat land at the end of the day, when it's really not. It's really very hilly. It's, yeah. 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 Like, I, I appreciate them trying... None of the major landmarks out of San Francisco either, like... like there's that Golden was, Gate Bridge. There's, yeah. Golden Gate Bridge. What else? Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't get quite tower or or, or the, the transmit yeah the you don't get a lot of the building. towers or any of the yeah. skyscrapers at all yeah. like and a lot of the skyscrapers are very kind of generic sort of like yeah. oh yeah we destroy those yeah um, King Watanabe has the line of the movie here was basically he's like let them fight let them fight you know and who shows up there is it's Godzilla it's Godzilla and again at night mm-hmm. dark you can't really. It's hard to make out a lot of what's happening. Yeah. I think that's poorly done, just on the whole. It's also partly intentionally done as well, I think, which is partly maybe to hide some of your movie-making, you know, creational sort of stuff. But but like, if you're going to create these fantastic monsters, why not really show them? And you don't. The monsters are dark. The The lighting is, is dark. <laughs> there just isn't any. Um, uh, except for Burning five Flame. Everything's really rainy, thundery. Yeah. Uh, again, I would have liked it where it was like it felt like early dawn, as the and you could get a scan, a feel of the time that kind of expanded as like you go from like what is like pre-dawn to finally like dawn sort of sort of era here where you could have yeah. played a lot more with the lighting. Yep. But again, keep in mind if everything is dark, you don't have to worry a whole lot about lighting either. But so I think part of that's I don't want to say part of. I don't want to say part of that's, you know, intentional, but at the same time, it's very much of the opinion that, um, I, I mean, like, so we, we'll talk about when we see Shin Godzilla, but all that major stuff that happens at the end of Shin Godzilla all happens in the middle of the day. A lot of the scenes happen in the middle of the day. Even even baby Godzilla is during the middle mm -hmm. of the day. So you can see things. It's yeah. So I, and I think it's we, very we'll much talk the, about when we get there, but yeah. Yeah. So I thought this movie ended very unresolved. Well, I, I, he, I, he meets back up with his wife. We're done. And then Godzilla, you know... Godzilla goes back into the sea. Goes back into the sea. And just like, and the final shots are just Godzilla's spines kind of like sinking into the water. And you're just like... Okay. But you don't know what happens with the spawning? No. Like, well, no, I mean... The, so, it's very open. Well, the... the Monarch. Well, no, no. So you saw Ford like open up a gas, a gas, thing, a gas yeah. trailer and there was a pilot light there and that just... Burned up all the Muto children, I guess. They were spawned there, so he killed all of them. The nest, yeah. Yeah. He, he explodes the nest. But you don't really know that they're... No, we don't really know that they're gone. And even then, I mean, like... 
now you've got all this devastation. There's no kind of like... I didn't feel like it was the end. No, it, it very much felt like... It felt like there was another five minutes that we were missing, like, yeah. a year later, you know, like, now, you know, well, you gotta go back to work. It's like, yeah, I gotta go back to work, and now he works for Monarch. Yeah. Or, like, or something along those lines. You don't lines. ever see him again, and I... and. And when I started seeing characters in the next movie... You were expecting him to show back up at some yeah. point. Yeah, I I was too. So, But again, like coming out of 2014's Godzilla was very much kind of like... Yeah, this was a god. This felt like a Godzilla movie, but like it felt like a very realistic... I'm not, t- I'm not having any fun sort of Godzilla movie. Um, and it didn't... I mean, it did really, really well in the box office. Or, or, I mean, or even Independence Day it. had some levity. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I didn't feel this was the, um, uh, this was, the, I felt there was stuff missing from this movie. Yeah. You know, so, but then we get to the, um, uh, so again, this is, um, let's see here. Any notes I have here? Nope. Again, Japanese like this movie on film so much they decided to reboot their own Godzilla franchise. That's how much, you know, the Japanese liked it, but a lot of, again, panned for being, um, um, Underdeveloped characters, lack of demat- the thematic depth. Godzilla is more of a secondary character, almost a th- third, like a third level character here. Because you have Mothra. Well, no, no, this is and this Arthur, is you have this, the, this the motos. Is gonna, yeah, 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 the motos here. But again, like, but, but the, you've got things with wings. You've got yeah, and Godzilla is kind of a, a secondary character here, and and even though he is kind of sort of the, he's kind of named king of. King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. Um, but, um, I mean, it is is not a very compassionate Godzilla. No, it's a, I'm here to get stuff done Godzilla. Yeah. I don't care what happens along the yeah. way. Because I'm a giant freaking monster. Yep. So, and then we get to, we get to the 2019 version, the Godzilla <laughs> King of the Monsters. Yeah. Now, um, my notes here literally say, unlike the 2014 movie, this one felt like a movie. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, okay. So, so it 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 very much is. I, I get your your um, your comment that it sort of feels like lost footage because it does at points. Yeah, it feels like we were like there was a camera crew filming the sky, but like a little just, documentary kind of feel to it at times. Yeah. Yeah, this one has none of that. Um, this one feels in a shot like a movie, and this and this is the one I think preaches about balance with nature oh, and well, it's a giant theming here. Yeah, it's giant theming and it's and 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 a little heavy handed theming. Mm-hmm. Um and your 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 issue here is between a divorced couple who yes. have a daughter, because of course there's gotta be a child involved. Why does there have to be a child involved? I know. And the child is 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 paired with the mom lives with the mom, has a distant relationship with her father. The two divorced over basically what Monarch is. Well, so what happened was is that they were both in San Francisco. All, all of them were all in San yeah. Francisco as a family unit um, at one point. They lose their, and there's and, a son. And there's a son, and this is all happening while they're all in San Francisco at the same time while 2014, Godzilla's, 2014's yes. Godzilla strikes. Um and the father wants, you know, like they were developing this technology that they call Orca, which was to communicate with Orcas. And then they realized that it could communicate with these monsters 
instead and 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 it's it, it it's um one of the things we didn't touch on in the last movie is that they figured out that the vibrations were actually the method of communicating yes so the vibrations were mating calls between monsters and they sound and they sound an awful lot like Orca or echolocation, sort of at the end of the day. Yeah, based on echolocation. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess when when monsters echolocate, they shake the earth because, of course, they're monsters and they're big. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, like you're radiating. But that to, becomes key here. Yeah. So. So uh, the father, so the father and mother split. The mother is taking custody of the kid, um, and they live in I guess it's China. Um, or Japan, one of the two, and they are studying the larval thing that will be Mothra. Yes. And so... Uh, Monster Zero. Or not, no, not Monster not Zero. Not Monster Zero. Not right. Monster Zero. You're no, right. No, no, no. This, right. is, this is just Mothra. It's in its kind of a larval state. And they are trying to... Um, it starts to go a little haywire They're like, no, we have to kill it. It's protocol. No, 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 wait. I can communicate with it. But but both both the couple are are um, are scientists. Yes. And again, that that pairing of science and and warfare or yeah, in the military. It's coming. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so eventually, like, um, what's her face is um, Vera Fla- Farming or Emma, Emma, Emma Russell. Yeah. Um, her machine works. It can communicate with Mothra, and the Mothra kind of like, oh, you can communicate. Cool. I'm going to be chill. But um, then comes in Charles Dance, which I'm always super excited to see Charles Dance. I love his character. And, I, and, I, and I for the for Game of Thrones people, yeah, this is this is. Uh... I forgot he even existed until I watched him in Game of Thrones. And then now that I've seen Game of Thrones, whenever I see him in anything, I'm just like, Ooh. oh, he's going to be evil. Is he, is he an evil guy or is he a good guy? Which one is yeah. he? And this is this is the the, this is the the evil version. Well, and this is this is the Lancaster. You know his his role in Game of Thrones was Ty, no Tywin Lannister. Tywin, okay. Tywin Lannister. He is the patriarch of the Lannisters. He's yeah. you know the main one, and he's very much of a you know like you have to do what's right for family. We are a family. Which is well, really here. Which, here he's he's sort of an evil genius who's going to use. He's an eco. He's an eco terrorist. He, yeah, he's an eco terrorist. Eco terrorist that basically believes that he needs that the world needs um, to be needs he, to be cleansed and that humans are the plague that's the virus at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, but but okay, so. It's it's like he has the he has the infinity glove, or he wants to have the he infinity wants to glove. have the infinity gauntlet, yeah, yeah, and, and and just wants to kind of get rid of humanity at the end of the day because he thinks that monsters are supposed to be the rightful owners of it. And and again, like including himself, he's willing to to die himself for this. Mm-hmm. So um, they break in to basically get to Mothra here, and you get the impression that, or at this point here, he's. Taken both Emma and um, the kid here, which is what's her face, Mar- Madison. Madison. Yeah. So they've, taken, they've taken Emma and Madison, and it looks like um, they're going to force them to work together. So, so the, he's he's holding them hostage. Yes, and so uh, 
Monarch basically, you know, which when we see Monarch initially, we think Monarch's like this little itty bitty research firm. Yeah. Come to realize and later figure out, like, no, it's a big organization. That's, because there are so many monsters and it knows. There are 17 known monsters. monsters. Yeah. And it's, and it's trekking. It's trekking them. They have facilities. They have, you know. You know, like how the is worldwide. this worldwide? It's an international organization. But it's a secret. Yeah, I, I, I always hate when it's like that because, like, it's a secret. It's like clearly not. There's a lot of people that know about this shit, and there's a lot of people at these facilities. You know, like how? What, yeah. How do you recruit? Yeah. You know, and never mind the fact that by two thousand by two thousand nineteen, like they're literally in like what's supposed to be like a Senate hearing over. Monarch at some point yeah. here, and they're talking about it on the news. So it's it's like, like the monster CIA. Yeah. Um. So they go and grab Mark Russell here, um, who's played by Kyle Chandler, who I think is this is a good role. Always, for him. A, always a. But but don't you find the roles he plays you, like you just see him and you know okay there's good guy. Yeah. I I would. He's I'm gonna wait. be righteous. He's gonna be. He's gonna. It's it's. He's gonna be. Good, you know, the good, the, the opposite good evil. Uh, yeah, he's you just a good know. Guy. Yeah, it's the same reason why, like, I really, really, really am waiting for the role in which Tom Hanks is a bad guy. Yep, I, I am waiting for the turn here, much in the same way, like I was always yeah. waiting for Roman Reigns to become a heel. Yeah, and he is a heel right now, so I'm super happy about it. And he's good as a heel too. We're um, talking about a wrestler there, a pro wrestler, yes. Yeah. So. Um, so, but in any case, here we've got um, he. They basically, Monarch goes and finds him and basically says, like, well, you helped design the system here. It's like, no, I stopped designing the system after a certain point because I knew what you guys wanted to use it for. For, yeah. And so they're like, and well. And this is wrong. And this is wrong. And, well, and this is the friction in my, my marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is why I haven't talked to my daughter in three years, sort of, you know, reasons. Yeah, and he, he never really got over the loss of his son and... And he blames, of course, the the monsters for the loss of his son. And... He blames Godzilla for it, absolutely, yeah. and and within reason as well. Yeah. You know, like his his rationale is not unfounded at the end of the day here for why yeah. he doesn't like him. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Monarch recruits him as a dude like you could help us out, and you'd be you'd be good at helping us out, sort of situation. Uh, it's a little like the role that Brian Cranston has earlier, but. But this one is is this one has legs and lasts yeah. longer. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, and so basically, Monarch recruits him, and from there, like there, he's partly and he recruits to, him to save to save their daughter, to save the daughter and the wife. Yeah, because yeah, at this point, he believes that like the two of them have been kidnapped. At this point, that here. she did, did, did as much as she's she's a little unhinged herself. Mm-hmm. But the, like she's been kidnapped at this point. Yeah, because she preaches to him. You know, don't you understand that you know the, they can heal the earth and they're the, the key the, to saving the earth and mm-hmm. they can undo what man has done to it and all those things. She's a little off the rocker too. Yes, we, we we get that much later on though. Yeah. Um. So they've come to find out here that Charles Dance and his organization are basically eco terrorists that are trying to. Um, get to the monsters here now that they have orca so uh, and they can speak to them they, and communicate mm-hmm. yeah. and we come to find out that they are traveling to antarctica question mark because they get to antarctica and they're like oh we're gonna get monsters zero it's like 
why is this thing called Monster Zero? I don't. I, I never understood the reason why it was called Monster Zero here, but basically, I, I didn't either. So thank you for saying that because I was a little lost on that. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's the first monster that they found, but they found Godzilla first. Uh, I was. It's always kind of interesting to me here at the end of the day because again, like, um, they don't. They use like the names that they believe that they're supposed to be called rather than like scientific names. You know, so yeah. uh, so a good example of this might be, you know, oh, well, that's Muto number one, or this is Muto number two, you know, or this is Muto number three A or something like, you know, you know, we we lovingly call it Mothra, but I mean, like whatever you, but it's always, you know, this is always Muto number, this is always Muto number eighteen or something. Yeah, and and so you know, and and I'm not understanding why it's Monster Zero. Is it the first one that they knew about? Uh, and and then and then they found out about Godzilla. Is it like the oldest living one, one or something? Yeah. Like, what, what is the rationale for why zero? I never get that explanation. No. Yeah. Um, but so much as Charles Dance is there, this monster zero is frozen in ice, and he's taken. Um, Remember that he's frozen. Yes, that he's frozen, okay. and that he's taken both um, Emma and Madison with him. To and basically, it's very much looked at Emma here as like you know what to do, right? It's like yeah, 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 okay, okay. Just. And she's she's in on it at that point. She she she's she's going along with it, but you don't get the understanding that she is going along with it because she's scared of what's going to happen if she doesn't, or rather, so much as that she is going along with it because she feels like I, that, I, had that the I have feeling, to to protect my daughter right now. Well, I actually had the feeling that that she had to to protect the monsters right now. Oh, I got it from the impression that she was trying to protect her daughter. Yeah, might might have been maybe maybe, maybe both. both. Yeah, yeah. So she doesn't realize he's he's cuckoo for cuckoo for cocoa puffs yet. No, I think she she understands that he's some level of cocoa puffs, just not the cuckoo part yet. Well, th- that he might be dangerous, but she doesn't understand that he's he. Yeah, but we never see how he's dangerous at the end of the day. Was... Yeah, well, but we but he does he does later on outright say. I'm out to destroy the, the the world. We don't belong here. Yeah, but but like. But he hasn't said it yet. No, not at this point here. But his entire character at no particular point is he actually like the you know he's the mustache twirling villain at the end of the day. But like you never see why he's actually a villain outside of him just like leading this military force so, around. So, yeah. Okay. So so and here's my comment on this is is I Thanos to me had integrity. Oh, Thanos! Thanos had integrity because he he was there doing it. This guy, but, but, but he had reason behind it, and 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 I can't say he was really wrong. Yes, he was wrong, but but he he could he could articulate why he was doing something, and you knew that because he articulated it that he believed that he was right at the end of the day. There was no just way to do it, but we do need to to depopulate, and I say that as a mother of four. So you know, so um bad on me but um this guy thanos had integrity this guy doesn't no 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 pa- again he's paper, just... paper thin you know rationale reasoning and reaction at the end of the day it was it yeah. was my it was my notes on him yeah so um so they get to antarctica and basically they're tuning up the machine to figure out how to communicate with this particular monster zero and they're drilling into into the ice that's surrounding him in order to put charges in there to break, break him, him out. They're going to wake him up. Uh, 
and and then so monarch realizes this and somehow gets there right as it's and happening and we have ken watanabe yeah we have ken watanabe's return we also have uh bradley bradley whitford as well mm-hmm. who i always enjoy seeing and stuff when yep. i get to see him we have we have ken watanabe's uh side job side side piece yep uh sally hawkins yep um we also have a couple other uh we, we have a new zhang Z- zili or Ziwi, or yeah. I don't know how to pronounce her name at all. Yeah, um, who's also there? I um, like her. Yeah, and and so we have some returning re, some returning people from, from Monarch. Yeah, and it's it well, is, and, but from the from the first movie. Yes, which I think helps with the continuity of the storyline. And I, I like that too. And again, there was a lot of there. And, and while we didn't watch it this time, we'll watch it when we go to to when we go to Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh-huh. Um, Monarch was also in some of these characters were also in the. King Kong, uh, King Kong on Skull Island. Okay. So um, that's a movie that we should wa- that we should watch going into you know that one because it's going to be more on actually King Kong on that yeah. one. So we'll have um, some understanding on that one here too. But again, I like that they were in the same movie when they were in the series again because I know it adds a lot of continuity and a lot of yeah. gravitas to say like oh we have some of the original actors from the last one. It's like yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like so you build a franchise. I like that. And we have the general. We have the general. We have, or Admiral, Admiral now sorry. at this point. Admiral. Uh, but we end up at this particular point where they're about to blow up the ice. And again, I don't know how. I, again, I failed to understand at the end of the day why Monarch knew they were going to Antarctica and got there like in the nick of time to get well, to... Well, okay, so so Monarch knows where all the... Where all the monsters are at the are. end of the day. And so they must have... I, I'm assuming they picked up vibrations. Right. I'm picking up good vibrations. I, I assume that like they were thinking, like, okay, well, like, if we... They're going to go for whatever the biggest monster is. What's the biggest monster they can go after? So lucky guess. I think... I, I wanted to say it's, it feels like a lucky guess when I watched okay. it here, but, like... But, again, they get there, like... In the nick of time, not like an hour or two later, they get there like why does well, it the, feels like a half hour after the original one got there? Why does the bomb always tick down to the last second before you're able to disarm it? Same Perfect thing. timing, yeah. Um, but we got um, Kyle Chandler here. You know, has you know his. It, they brought all their scientists along with them. I don't understand it. Why would you bring your scientists along with you, especially to be on the ground? No, you don't bring your. You know why would you? Why would you do that? Why you'd you, risk all of them when you could deal with them remotely and 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 keep them someplace safe and have this and again still have because this. it wouldn't be the same drama. No, no. So uh, for whatever for one reason or another, Kyle Chandler's there with the um, with the vertical helicopter plane that gets there. Um, he grabs it, you know, while he's initially supposed to be like, no, you stay on the boat, you stay on the ship here. It's like, no, I gotta go get my wife and my kid. My, yeah. wife. my wife. He grabs a gun and he goes, like, you know, basically he finds them and he's like, honey, come to me now. And the, you know, the daughter's like, dad. And yeah. as they start walking over, like, the, the mom's like, no, Madison, come back. And the Madison's like, yeah, I need to go back. And you're kind of confused. It's like, wait a second. Did she drink the Kool Aid too? Yeah, she very much placed between the two of them. Yeah. So. At this and, point, and and we should say, I mean, she's like what, sixteen? Yeah, she's like fifteen, sixteen years old, somewhere yeah. around that line. Um, this is this this girl here was made popular in um, the Netflix Stranger Things. 
Um, this is the... I don't know what her name is in Stranger Things. We should probably do something on Stranger Things at some point. Okay. Um, yeah. If only because it was a big deal at one yeah. point. Um, so she is... She returns back to the mom, and then at this point here, the mom triggers the explosion, which releases King Ghidra. Yeah. And... Um, King Gihidra is a three-headed Hydra dragon creature, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, but very I, mythical looking. Very mythical looking. But what I actually found very interesting about it here is that the three different heads that it has, uh-huh. all have kind of different personalities almost. Oh, did not notice that. So the middle one's kind of like the boss. The one on like the right, I want to say, is like, hyper aware of kind of everything that's happening so it's always kind of looking around and the one on the left is kind of a little ditzy i guess is the was the way i found like it, it might lose its head well like it might lose its head or so much that it's kind of like um right like it's more like not as interested in everything else kind of happening not all there so yeah. um and not get, always there no not always there no at some point um but not far behind them is godzilla He's he's come he's awakened. He's awakened, and he's come for, and he's come for come for his you know his monster fight. Yeah. So they have a fight. We don't necessarily understand why the two don't like each other though. No, it's, it's that's not, not explained. It's not explained at this point. No. It's not explained ever. It, it somewhat is a little. Okay. So um, they have a fight, and there's no clear winner at this point. Um, so the humans all get away and they're in their like bunkers, not bunkers necessarily. They're in like this giant plane. I can't, I'm trying to find the right oh, way to describe right. it. Yeah. They're in like, it's like a, it's like a B 15 or whatever, like the, the weird triangular sort of yeah. like bomber. Yeah. But it's, it's like three times, th- like three four times five, the size. Yeah. Three or four times yeah. the size. Cause you can launch these little like, other planes from it at the end of the day so it's really big it's like an aircraft carrier yeah that flies yeah um and so they get out of there and um they lose um godzilla like returns back to the sea and we lose king hedra but he got lost in this and and emma madison are now separated from uh from from Chandler. From Chandler, and they're back with uh, Charles Dance. Yep. Um, and they're heading off to... And, and, and what's clear at this point is Emma still isn't really a prisoner because if she if if she thought she was, she would have let her daughter go with her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would have and, saved or, the child. Or she, and she would have gone, yeah, to save the child. So she still doesn't... She still, she still drank the Kool-Aid. She still... Under this influence of, of... Of what's kind of happening around yeah. him, yeah. Even though she knows and, and now understands that he's... There with Monarch here. And, and very very much taking... Well, but but that the, the Dance is, is taking chances and, mm-hmm. and doing risky things. Yeah. So doing, doing eco-terrorist things. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So... Um, so we, at this point, she's a willing participant. Yeah, she's very much a willing participant at this point here. Which her husband didn't originally think she was. No, yeah, no. Again, the original presumption by all of them was that they were... Uh, Being held hostage. Yeah. So we get to um, Mexico, where this tropical storm is traveling to. Yeah. 
and it unleashes Rodan, <laughs> which was... And not a sculptor. No, not a sculptor. Again, Rodan is the best way to describe it is that imagine you had a pterodactyl and it was made of fire at certain points. We are a flying, breathing dragon. It's a pterodactyl, but... Sure, okay, okay. Um, which um, gets unleashed, unfortunately, and um, Monarch is basically just kind of like right behind them, getting to there, and they've decided that in order to help save the populace, they're going to get the attention of Rodan and basically drag it to... Um, King Ghidra here, which will fight, which the two will fight each other, because yeah. they're titans. Yeah. Which is their name now for these giant creatures. They're not mutos anymore. They are titans. Yep. That is their name for them now. Um, I still like the muto better. I think that was it. It, it feels a lot more like a you know like. It's much more Japanesey. Well, it's, it's more Japanesey, but it also kind of coins back to the idea of a UFO. It's a yeah um, massive unidentified terrestrial, terrestrial organism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it makes a lot more sense, even though it sounds more Japaneseish, which I think they clearly were going be- for. going for at the end of the day. I still think it. I still think like if you were going to have an acronym for it, that would be the acronym for it. Yeah. I think Titan seems kind of like it's oh, acknowledging that they get to rule the Earth, mm-hmm. which which becomes which is part of the theme here. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's a very heavy-handed theme here throughout this movie. Um, So, the Rodan basically gets to King Gehedra here, and if I have a scrape, but not by much, um, King Gehedra basically kind of, like, falls closer to the water where Godzilla's able to basically, like, grab him and start trying to take him underwater here. But the... American military have devised a oxygen-depleting bomb, I guess was the way they described it, um, which was designed to kill the Titans. Yeah. And they've launched it on King Gehedra. Good good luck with that. Yeah, they've launched it on King Gehedra and uh, Godzilla here at this point, which has um, gone off. The humans barely make it out of the way of this massive explosion that's supposed to take up like two miles of, of area mm-hmm. and um godzilla seemingly is dead at the end they can't they've they've somehow figured out how to figure out um his heartbeat and his heart rate and everything and yeah figure out where he is in the world yeah um but under, under the water under the water under the sea yep um, i can't hear that without thinking about it yeah um so Godzilla's dead. King Ghidra comes out of the water, and the only thing that's been destroyed is the left head, which grows back. <laughs> which grows back, um, and the left and, and and the left head becomes kind of important at the end. Yeah, the um, left head. Um, the entire thing kind of just grows back, and you're in grows back, and not in, in a very not in an unsilly way here. Even the left thing, even the left head, kind of like rips off whatever like plastic shielding was around the head as it was growing back yeah it, it, it is yeah it, it it's it's a thing it's a thing um and then so pretty King, quickly too oh yeah yeah not not like hours or months weeks later no like literally like minutes, minutes. that's a healing factor for you yeah um, then so King Gehedra lands on the mountain that Rodan popped out of 
Rodan, and it starts like screaming with its all three heads, and it extends its wings and its body, and it's like it's massive. It's massive. Its entire thing. Rodan is like flying around, and then lands, and then like bows his head to, to it. it. Um, and then you find out that all the other Titans are freaking out now and are trying to do stuff. Yep. They are. They are freaking out, man. What, what's interesting is is a is a bow is a is a it's a human thing. So like, how the hell did they learn that? Just saying. I don't. Yeah, shoulder shrug. Emoji. I mean, because they're, they're not shown as really sentient creatures. I, I would I would actually wager that they are sentient, but like, they're, they're creatures. And they're, they're creatures the same way that like a wild bird is a creature. You know, like you know, in the same way, like there's right. There's a and logic, you, and you could teach a dog to bow. Well, remember but, those deer in Japan? Yeah, the deer in Japan would bow for food. Mm-hmm. But but who taught these things creatures? to bow naturally? Yeah, yeah like that. Didn't yeah, seem yeah. Th- that part seemed a little odd. Yeah. Um, but so much is that um, by this point here, Emma is now reaching out to Monarch and goes through her entire kind of like spiel about how like we we are the we are the cancer on Earth. We are the disease. Yeah. And the Titans are now, a, we are waking up the Titans so they can cleanse the earth so we can so they live. they can heal it. They can heal it. And you need to let them be mm-hmm. and let them heal it. Yes. And we, we are going to, we are going to um, live alongside them now. We need to learn to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, but billions of people are going to die. Like, billions of people would have killed themselves anyway. Wait, yeah. Yeah. You know, sort of like. We're killing know, the earth. We're all going to die. Yeah. We're killing the earth one way or another anyways. The Titans are at least going to bring back, you know, nature to the to the world. Yeah, you know, and we will re we will heal the world, and so this is where you finally realize, you know, that oh, not only is she drinking the Kool Aid, she's she's leading other people to drink the Kool Aid. She's an eco terrorist herself. Yeah, at this point here, she she's fully bought into it. Yeah. So, um, at which point, her Madison kind of figures out, Mom, you're nuts. Mom, Mom, like you didn't you, you didn't say everyone was going to die. It's like. And Charles dances over here is like, who told the kid that we weren't going to kill people? We're killing people. That's oh, yeah. our thing. We're eco-terrorists. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Who told the kid otherwise? Come on. Come on. So, um, by this point here, there's massive destruction everywhere. And um, Emma's making, trying to make the point here is like, well, I, I need to turn back on the, the orca here to calm down the monsters because them. they're because yeah. they're causing all this massive destruction at the end of the day and charles dance is like yes World, that's worldwide. what we wanted worldwide oh yeah because again all 17 of these different monsters are not all in singulated areas they're like all, all over, over the, the place. place yeah um but by this point here like monarch is like back at their base and it's kind of figured out like wait godzilla could be alive still and they go to find godzilla so, um, and you know, the Godzilla eats radiation. Well, I mean, they, they figured out that they eat radiation, but like that he might still be alive because then you get like a faint heartbeat or something like yeah. that. Um, and they followed to where he's located at. And now Bradley Whitford's character has, has theorized that the earth is actually hollow. And that's how Godzilla circumnavigates the globe super quickly. Um, that Godzilla swims around a whole lot, but he circles across the globe, globe through this um, hollow sort of earth sort of thing. 
Sort of an earthworm hole. Yes. Um, and the submarine somehow finds its way into one of them. And you that we never knew about before. No, that we somehow never knew about before. How interesting, huh? Yeah. Um, and we don't know how. And we don't even know how we got there either. Like we just kind of get there. Yeah. And come to find out that um, it looks like what we would call Atlantis at the end of the day. It's an underground city. Underwater city. It looks like vaguely Egyptian, Roman, but like even older than that. There's a lot of cave wall depicting depictions of Godzilla and other creatures, um, and it's pretty developed, though. Oh yeah, very developed. Yeah, and there's this chamber with Godzilla that's like, I guess like this molten cavern where he's like recharging. Yeah, it's it's obviously a friendly home for him to hibernate in. Mm-hmm. It looks like was created for that. Yes. So early man knew. So one of the things that they've decided is that they're going to go find Godzilla and get him powered back up. And to do so, they're going to give him like a, you know, they're going to give him one of the war, one of the warheads, essentially. They're going to, to let him eat a nuclear warhead. Yeah, so, they can, so he can recharge. Because they think that's what's going to get him recharged quicker. They're going to help him heal. Um, but in the process of somehow magically getting onto this underwater hollow earth place right um they actually figure out and realize that their guidance and weapon systems are offline in this submarine they have lost contact with the with the satellites well not just lost that with the satellites but like the actual like launch tubes are damaged themselves they can't be repaired yeah um somebody's gonna have to take it somebody's going to have to commit to going into us into a launch sub and Giving the nuke to, you know... Well, they're going to have to commit Harry Carey. Yeah. And Ken Watanabe basically just, like, you know, just offers his hand and says, like, me. It's like, wait, what? It's like, there's no time to argue. It's going to be Be me. me. And everyone's just like, cool, you do it, dude. They let him. Yeah. So he takes the sub down, and he gets into the chamber. He brings this device with him that's, like, a... Got like an analog sort of timer on it, so he's yep. got like twenty seconds left, and he's he takes off his bunny suit and he he walks up to Godzilla and puts his hand on him, and he's and Godzilla. They look at each other, and he's like, "Friend, I yeah. finally got to touch you." Yeah, I can't wait to tell my kids. Oh wait, boom. Yeah, and this bomb is not. But they have a moment. They have a moment, a fleeting moment, but yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, and this bomb is not inconsequential at all either. Like yeah. it, like. When it goes off, it is... It's a nuclear warhead. It destroys this entire, like, Atlantean sort of place well, do, at the And end don't of the day. you feel kind of bad about that? Because he's got this, this nice little nest. What mm-hmm. would you call it? Oh, a nest would be a good way to describe yeah. it. Um, that th- he's obviously returns to when he's, like... When he needs to recharge. Yeah. And, and, and we've now destroyed it. Mm-hmm. And, and the logic here was that, yeah, he's recharging, but it, it could take him... We don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know if it could take days, weeks, months, years yeah. before he, before so this happens. So we're going to speed up the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Godzilla... Um, so somehow the submarine gets out and back into terrestrial waters. Yep. Um, you know, nobody knows how. God forbid and we And pretty quickly. This. Yeah, and really quickly, too. And then Godzilla kind of... It could happen. ...pops out of the water, and then, like, everyone's kind of on the deck of this of the submarine... 
And Godzilla kind of leans in and he looks down at the human. And we're going to have another moment. And we're going to have another moment. And Godzilla's going to stare at them. I'm just like... It's, it's like you could reach out and pet him. Yeah, almost. And everyone's just kind of like... And everyone looks to Kyle Chandler and I'm just like, why are you looking to him? Because he he always blamed Godzilla for the loss of his son. Yes, but he doesn't have any affection for Godzilla. He's but he getting, does. In that moment, he kind of does. In that moment, yeah, he kind of does. But like, he's not like any sort of expert on Godzilla's at all. The woman next to him is more an expert on Godzilla's and monsters than he is. Because you need him to have the moment where he heals with his son, with the loss of his son, because and realizes that it really wasn't Godzilla's fault. And because that's what Ken Watanabe told him to do. Yes. Ken Watanabe got it off of a fortune cookie, a really long fortune cookie. He does. It actually is one of the cuter moments in the movie, the whole fortune cookie uh, conversation. Yeah, a little dialogue that they have back and forth. Absolutely. Yeah, that that actually, that little conversation actually was a highlight of the movie for Mm -hmm. me. So Godzilla's back in action here. Yep. But back back with Emma and Madison. Madison is, um, Madison's tasted the Kool-Aid and... I'm sorry, but Madison doesn't like lemonade-flavored Kool-Aid. She likes the cherry stuff. She's rejecting the, the, the premise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Madison basically gets, like... Eventually, you find out that, like, whatever base they're in, they're near Boston. And she steals... And she steals the orca, orca with a little bit of, you know, techie stuff. And the, Yeah, and the orca's, like, something you can walk away with. It's about the size of, like, a... Like a what would be, like, a... An old-fashioned camcorder case. Yeah. You know, it's it's not like a regular briefcase size. It's pretty big, and it's but like it's something you can carry around in a briefcase. And so they, so she takes the orca, with nobody watching it in this control room at all. You know, you just leave this valuable technology just kind of out and about, hanging, hanging around. Hanging around. Mm-hmm. And and it's and there's only one. And there's only the one. And they have. Uh, basically grabbed she's basically grabbed it and she's gonna talk to the uh, and she's gonna go talk to the monsters now mind you play dr doolittle i'm gonna go talk to the animals well now mind you her mom she's overheard her mom basically saying you know it's like i can go to fenway park it'll amplify the it'll amplify it here and we can we can get them to stop and charles answers like no we're not doing that this is the we're not lo- gonna calm them you know i don't you, want them calm you agreed. This is what we all agreed was what was going to happen here. Stop. But I didn't know you were going to destroy my my daughter. No, I didn't really. But my daughter's upset about it. You know. So, yeah. so um, Emma gets to or Madison gets to Fenway Park, sneaks in despite all those military people around for whatever reason, and they eventually just leave Boston for whatever reason. It's not well explained why. Because it moves the story forward. And so. Um, you would think Fenway Park, good place for a shelter. Yeah. Um, so Madison basically hooks up the, um, hooks it up, hooks up the orca to Fenway Park and sets the frequency to alpha, and basically all the different titans stop doing their rampage all at the same time, and everyone's kind of like, oh, "It's a miracle they all stopped destroying everything momentarily." And then what do they do? And then you know. And so by this point here, um, our crew from the submarine gets picked up by Monarch and they fly to Boston because they're like, oh, that's where the orca is being used at right now because we can tell because it's transmitting this noise. Yeah. And also King Gehedra can hear it as well. And King Gehedra does not like that box. He does not like that noise. And basically goes there to try to eat Emma 
and get rid of the noise. He's just like, ah, another monster over here? No? Well, let's get rid of whatever is trying to tell people that there's another monster here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get, you know, the proper... And now, now, mind you, in between all of this here, Mothra, who had been cocooned on a waterfall, has opened up to the beautiful butterfly it always was meant to be. Apparently, this is the queen of the monsters. Yep. And she flies off to who knows where. Oh, no, wait. She goes to Boston. Yep. Um, so he go. King, King Hedra is there. And you have, you have the opportunity with Mothra to give some really good color. Mm-hmm. There's some nice colors in Mothra. There are some nice colors in Mothra, but... No, but I mean, like, that's, that's the... There's not a lot of colors. We're still kind of dark. Oh, yeah. This okay. is a dark, gritty world. I guess. You know, with only a little bit of levity. I, I still think they could be colored. I agree. So King Gahedra gets there, wrecks up Fenway Park, basically, sma- you know, almost smashes the Orca. Or turns off the... Smashes the Orca enough to turn it off. And then Godzilla gets there. And we have our full-on proper fight. And King Gahedra is winning a fair amount of it, though. Yeah. Um, like, Godzilla is, you know... Struggling. Struggling a little bit, but like, he's not insignificantly struggling, I guess is the better way to put it. Um... And in the process of the fight here, Mothra comes and helps Godzilla. But then Rodan comes to attack Mothra. Okay. And I think it ends up killing it. Or no, King Gahedra kills it. Kills yeah. Mothra. Um, Sorry to see that happen. It's true. Um, so at some point here, they realize Emma's not anywhere near the Orca. Where is Emma trying to go? She's trying to go home. Because apparently they lived in Boston, or came from Boston at least. Interesting how none of them have a Boston-y accent at all. Yeah, well, hi. And so she's trying to get back home to Boston, and she gets back home, and hi, and the parents find... Now, mind you, Emma's also kind of drinking the Kool-Aid, and we're like, lemonade? Who has lemonade Kool-Aid? And then she's yeah. like, I only drink fruit punch Kool-Aid. And so she's basically been like, F you guys, I'm going to go get my daughter, you know, and get she, the Orca. She, she's finally seeing the light. Mm-hmm. She finally realizes what's really going to happen. Yeah. Um, so she gets to Fenway Park, and Kyle and the other military people are over there in Fenway. And so she collects them and the Orca and drive over to their old house because they realize that that's where Emma's, uh, Madison's gone. They go and save Madison. Um, but then Godzilla kind of gets taken down by um, King Gahedra, and they realize, you know what? We need to give uh, Godzilla a chance to to um, recharge here a little bit. So we're Godzilla gonna, good. Godzilla good. Yeah. We, we, we help Godzilla. And so they fix the Orca to get King Gahedra's attention. And the idea here is that they're going to get onto these um, vertical, helico- vertical airplane helicopter. I don't remember what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're going to try to get onto that with the Orca so they can lead King Gahedra away enough, long enough to have Godzilla recharge and do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Emma basically decides, no, but if we, if I go in the Orca with the, with them, King Gahedra's going to take down the Orca and that's going to be my daughter, but I could drive away from them and lead King Gahedra away, which she does. 
Yeah. So she's going to sacrifice herself for her daughter. And there's this touching scene as she's driving away. And Kyle's having to hold Madison and hold her back and mm-hmm. keep her from running out. Mom! No, don't, no, don't go after Mom. She's doing... No, you, I have you, to do this. Yeah. And then she drives and she gets through streets that are relatively empty. Yeah. How are there streets that are relatively empty? Well, because people have evacuated. Ideally, yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know about you, but have you ever seen a movie where, like, they evacuate properly? Like, there's traffic jams. Well, that becomes an issue in... In, in, anyway. in, in a later yeah. movie, yeah. Um, so, as she's dying, I guess, she looks over to King Gahedra and says, Long live the king. And Godzilla kind of, like, gets up, and he's just, like... So, Godzilla's mostly, like, this gray, blackish sort of creature, charcoal gray. Yep. He's now got, like, red highlights throughout his entire body. Yeah, he's, like, irradiated. Yeah, and he, like, basically, like... Now, mind you, they've made a point of saying that, like, Godzilla's about to go thermonuclear and explode. Yeah. um, Because he soaked up so much radiation that he's about to explode. And they give an arbitrary, like... He's going to explode in 12 minutes. It's like, how did you have the exact time? Why do you people have we the exact... We are scientists. How do they have the exact timing, though? Yeah. Right. So, um, And so, at this point here, he has King... Or Godzilla explodes, melts off King Gehedra's wings, and the heads are all kind of like barking at him now. And he basically starts taking out one head after another pr- relatively quickly with his atomic blast. Yep. Um, ends up killing King Gehedra. The last scenes of it are the left head being swallowed up whole by Godzilla. It's kind of a cool scene. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Because you think like the monsters like survived and everything, and you come to find out that like, oh no, 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 uh, Godzilla's eating it. The heads aren't growing back. No, and so. Um, your final shot of the entire movie is all these different mutos which have descended upon Boston and are all kind of encircling Godzilla. And they're all doing that same thing that Rodan was doing. He was, they're bowing. They're bowing to Godzilla and acknowledging him as king. Mm-hmm. And the ending scene is Godzilla stri- you know, shrieking up into the sky as this whirlybird helicopter thingy floats off into the, goes off to the distance. So, again, for me, a rather unsatisfactory ending, mm-hmm. except for this is one of those movies where you do absolutely have to watch the closing credits. Aside from the fact that it has, again, the Blue Oyster Cult song, Godzilla, and history points out again and again how nature points up the folly of men. But during the entire or most of the footage for the uh, end sequence right end se- here. yeah it, for the it, credits it, they are flashing on different articles that talk about how the earth is suddenly healing because of the titans mm-hmm. so one of them is in the amazon rainforest and wonderful things are happening there the sahara desert is becoming a rainforest um different parts of the earth are are healing mm-hmm. because of the presence of the titans yes so she was right. Yes. She was essentially right along those lines. And so the world is getting better-ish. Yep. And man is learning and, and, and man is learning to live with them. Yes. Man is learning to let them be and mm-hmm. not be as threatened by them. And hopefully not to build buildings quite as tall anymore. No, I, so, yeah. Within reason. So, so again, as an overall thing, 
the characters aren't you know characters aren't well developed you don't have really very much backstory you only know that they they lost their child and that's the driving force for both of them but in different ways mm-hmm. um but you don't have a whole lot of you don't get a whole lot of backstory on i'd, I'd love to know what what nabi's backstory is i mean you don't get you, you get you get some hints of it like apparently his grandfather was the survivor's yeah. His father or grandfather was a survivor of Hiroshima. Hima. Yeah. Um, he carries around his watch, which is, never works for whatever reason, but it keeps it because of his, it's a keepsake. Yep. Um, but re- And he's been studying Godzilla for a century, for years now. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it would have been nice to see more background into his character. Well, I mean, so you, ha- I, I find I have a hard time, and maybe I'm not supposed to, to sympathize or, or sort of meld with the characters. Um. But I find I have a hard time with time with that because they don't feel like like you get to know them really. I think I, I think at most I get to understand and appreciate like Kyle Chandler's character at the end of the day because he's the one we follow throughout most of it. Yeah. But most of the other characters are basically like just background characters that are there to add levity and weight to the rest of the proceedings here. I mean, like there's this not a lot of levity. Oh, there's supposed to be this one guy that's supposed to be like this technical advisor, scientisty guy, and he's like. So, so he what, doesn't he, need to be there And I've there seen at all. him on in commercials. I have He's, too, but yeah, he doesn't need to be there at all. I'm trying to remember what commercial it is, but there's some some one of the phone companies or some some commercial that he's that I see him in. Yeah, I was actually kind of disappointed that Ken Watanabe, um, you know, his character died at the end of the movie because again they leave open the possibility for a third movie here. Yeah, and and I. The world is lesser for not having more Ken Watanabe in more in more movies. Yeah. In all honesty, yeah. I mean, like, and and I think and I think in upcoming movies there would have been a role for him. Mm-hmm. So, but but um, but you have you know two people. Whereas in the last movie, you have one person sacrificing themselves for uh, the better good. Here, you have two. Yeah. Um, so you'd be surprised to hear that American critics did not like this movie. I am not surprised. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, it didn't do as well in the box office by comparison. Um, the, the, a lot of people, a lot of critics here thought the script was laughable. The monster batters were either too numerous or too boring when they were on screen. And the film was in and of itself just real paper thin on actual drama. Oh, and, and I agree with all those criticisms. I thought there were too, too many monsters. Just 17's too many. Um, there are too many monsters. You know, my comment is it again. They're they're dark and it's hard to to see the battles. Yeah, you have to really. I, I might be that I'm watching on a little screen and maybe on a big screen. It's, it's they're easier to see. Maybe I mean, like I yeah. watched them on my big 50 inch television, and I and even I still had a hard time seeing them in some cases here. In a movie theater, maybe you see them better, but because there's not a whole lot of coloration difference between them, mm-hmm. Mothra being the exception. Well, Godzilla is more is more darker, but King Ghidra is more goldenish looking. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think that might have been the rare exception. But even like, and unless you had, I mean, unless you were, in the case of like Rodan, was very similarly colored to Godzilla. Yeah. But you had like the little bits of like fire, fiery sort of bits kind of coming out from the bottom of his wings. That kind of like like molteny looking. Like that would have been the only way you could have otherwise seen this character. And, and, they just and, yeah. They need they need to be more distinct. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm hopeful that when it's King Kong versus Godzilla, that it'll be like a daytime battle sort of situation that yeah. happens. Um, so that'll be interesting then. Yeah. So let's talk about the movie we all liked the most. Yeah. 
So, um, we watched Shin Godzilla. Now, the translation I got for it here um, omits a lot of the actual Japanese subtitling and writing that's in the actual film. Um, so we would go through stretches where we would be introduced to certain individuals who were ministers and certain into places and writing and stuff. And we, unless you have like a really good understanding of Japanese hiragana, you were lost and you were never well, going to. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, knowing, knowing so just net. Yeah. And and uh, what was the other phrase that I kept hearing? I went, oh, okay. So you you're would hear right, the, okay. you would hear the phrases, and you would be like, oh, I okay. I, I, having I can follow. yeah, I could follow along with what's happening. So, I don't understand what's happening all the time, but I followed along. Yeah, and and it's well acted as well. Mm-hmm. And I actually, in some ways, wish I'd seen this film before going to Japan because, um, as a cultural slice, it's an interesting piece. There are only three women, even though there are all those men. Yes. Um, there are only three women characters. Um, each of the women is is allowed to be assertive and and smart, mm-hmm. but this it's is a very male dominated. dominated by women. They're absolutely dominated by men. Yeah, uh, uh, you know there there are a good dozen, solid dozen really male characters mm-hmm. within it, um, and three women. And yeah. and so from that end, it was interesting. It was interesting culturally because they actually use the, the English word "sorry" when they're interrupting or they want to disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, to to open their sentence. Yes. Sorry, and then they go on with with whatever they're they're interrupting or disagreeing with. There is a fair amount of English in this here as well. There is a fair amount of English. Um, we, we can talk about that 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 character could have been played by a Japanese American actress and had better English. Potentially yes, but I don't know if she would have better Japanese though. Then. Yeah, but she didn't need to be because she was really playing somebody who was. American born. American born. So this is supposed to be Kyoko Annie Patterson, played by Satomi Ishihara. And and she has a very key role. Um, she's and supposed to be this American envoy in the intelligence branch that's providing the Japanese with additional information that the Americans have, but she's apparently a special envoy to the president. And she likes to occasionally use English instead of Japanese. And she she lapses into English, but mm-hmm. but her English is 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 heavily accented. Yeah, and that, and because of that, when she lapses into English, you don't buy it. Yeah, like it becomes she's trying it, to be a snarky. It comes and, off as it comes off as uh, janky, I guess. Is the yeah, best way to, put to it. us now. When to, again, this now, is the, the Japanese, Japanese feast. It would have been, been perfect. Yeah, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have recognized it for. It was kind of like like trying to listen to. Um, uh, Kevin Costner be Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good example. Of that. So 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 not buying what she's selling, but but for a Japanese audience, I can see where it would. So so again, this is one. This is a, a you know another example of Godzilla being played as an analogy. Yes. And and in order to get the the political impact of it, you kind of need to understand. The occurrences in Japan a couple of years prior. Yeah, so um, so again, Shin Godzilla, Shin also meaning like resurgence, reformation, new um, restoration in a lot of cases, depending on sort the of way. Reborn. You, reborn, yeah, kind of depending on how you use it. Um, but uh, Shin Godzilla of 2016, again, made 
primarily because Toho saw the Americans making redoing Godzilla and was like, we could do that too. Yeah, wouldn't it be great to have another Godzilla? Well, they were the original studio that created Godzilla. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but they but they hadn't had a Godzilla film since 2015 at this point. Yeah. Um, and they brought on, um, who to me is an interesting choice at the end of the day. They brought on Hideki Anno and Shinji Higuchi. Mm-hmm. These are the guys that worked on one of my favorite Japanese animation um, of all time, which is Evangelion in 2015. In, in excuse me, in um, 95 here. Now, having known who the director is and having seen um, and having watched the film, there are so many allusions to Evangelion that it that it hurt me at a certain point. The moment I started hearing the timpani, that there's a there's a musical note that they like to do is this timpani is like dun dun dun. Dun, 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 with the timpani that they yeah. do. Um, that is literally like the way Decisive Battle, which is this very popular theme in um, Evi, Evangelion goes, which gets used all the time during planning and fights in some cases. And so the moment I heard it, I kind of like sat back in my chair and nearly fell out of it laughing because it was kind of like, <gasps> I, I know it's that, coming. I know what that song is and I know what it means. And they kept reusing it. I was just like, you're hurting me inside. Why are you doing this? It's so perfect. That why, why, why are you doing it? So I understood that way too, way too much. Um, but yeah, again, um, this is also coming off the fact that they had finished um, in 2014 the Avigillian rebuild film 3.3, um, which Hidekiano was actually in a depression and wasn't interested in making the very last film, which we all, which is finally coming out soon. So I'm very excited about that. Um, but to understand this film is really to kind of also understand that just a couple of years ago you had the uh, Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster that happened there, and you also had 2011's earthquakes and tsunami. Yeah. Both of which, again, in the 2011 period, inside there, with a lot of it, um, the tsunami and earthquake is what they, you know, is what is blamed for Fukushima Daiichi here at the end of the day. Um, and what's and, also, you know, what's also kind of taken in, it's presented in this movie, but is also kind of um, thought about in general for the um, kind of out of some of the people in Japan here. There was a lot of people in Japan that really did feel that the government. Um, wasn't quick enough to respond to some of these disasters at was the end of the day. Very ill prepared. Very ill prepared, um, and the movie didn't didn't um, evacuate well. Didn't uh, protect not, people basically. Not very good communication. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been said that Japanese that the Japanese bureaucracy is, um, you know, like again, like I, I've listened and listened to people who live in Japan and that. Um, to get anything done in Japan takes like a half billion meetings. Yeah, you know, like even and you get to see all half billion of them. Oh yeah, we see we see so many meetings. There's yeah. um, so many different approval processes and everything here. Like even to just get you know even to just get a um, to live there, you have to go through numerous sort of things as a foreigner to get to live in Japan. Um, you have to prove to Japan that you're going to be some sort of you're useful. Useful to Japan, and an yeah. actual literality that you would be useful to Japan. Yeah. And even if you have a sponsor, you know, like you got to, you know, you know, to get you there. Like even then, they're like, "Well, somebody's sponsoring us to come to Japan. We're going to be working for these people. Well, you still have to tell us what you're going to be doing while you're yeah. in Japan." I was like, "Yeah." Eh. So, um, but again, like a lot of this film takes place in 
meeting spaces in boardrooms in offices like there's a lot of meetings that happen during this entire bit here yeah you're, you're in and out of meetings so i mean i mean really the the amount of screen time that godzilla gets is is minor compared to all this planning and all the bureaucracy pla- that's happening and again you have the 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 backdrop of science versus here you have almost three science versus government versus military mm-hmm. because government is almost kind of a liaison between the two mm-hmm. and and but very much in separate rooms again oh absolutely again I mean, and not, scientists not are in a lot of space and not then, a lot of interface so the b- movie begins with a, a not with an earthquake but with a tunnel that's collapsed and there's like this red kind of boiling sort of thing happening in the sea what is the red boiling thing i'm not is that the hatching I was assuming I, I assumed it was the hatching or something along that line. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, and like the Japanese government like wants to know immediately like what is it? We, we don't know. Well, why haven't you got any information on it? Well, we're getting in some uh, biologists. We're getting some uh, zoologists in. They're going to tell us what it is. And the zoologists yeah. get there. They're like, we don't know what it, it is. is. We're yeah. not going to lend our name to saying it is something and then have our name be smirched. Yeah. And there's like endless meetings after endless meetings that go on throughout this entire film to discuss what it could be. To, 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 to discuss what it could be, to plan ideas here. It's like, well, what is it? Well, we think it could just be an earthquake or that ruptured this so thing. So it's here. kind of a parody, but not really a parody. It's a pretty, you know, it's or a satire, but not it's, really a it satire. Feels, it feels it's it's like it's trying to satire it, but like it's a little too on the nose to be satire at the end yeah. of the day because it's very wholly realistic here. Uh, the main character that we're following around here is a Rondo uh, Yaguchi. Mm-hmm. This is to be a deputy chief uh, cabinet secretary. Has a little bit of swagger to him. A little bit of swagger to him, yeah. Like, everyone clearly, like, this is a guy in which they, they speak about him here. Like, yeah, that guy's going to be prime minister in, like, ten years. Yeah. And, 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 and an interesting thing culturally um, that you notice right off is um, they are in suits. Everybody is in a very nice yeah. suit. I, yeah, oh, and all dark. I mean, they're all like navy blue or black, mm-hmm. maybe a really dark brown. Nobody Conservative is... ties, all white shirts. Nobody is flaring out here in a in a pink or a blue or a green shirt. Nope. Um, and a blue shirt, you would even kind of understand a little bit. But I mean, like these are white shirts. These are white crisp shirts. Yeah. So so the only the only thing here is maybe a tie, and even the ties are. Very toned down. Yeah. Um, Blues, blacks, and very, and very the, maroon reds. And the women, until you get to our liaison, mm-hmm. are very buttoned up and and uh, well-dressed. But again, black and white suits. Mm-hmm. Um, so very... Pencil skirts. Huh? Pencil skirts. Pencil skirts. High heels. Yeah. So, so um, again, an interesting... I wish I'd seen it before I'd gone to Japan because just watching the movie let you observe a lot of things culturally mm-hmm. that I thought were very interesting yes um, so but he's got a lot of swagger to him even in his walk mm-hmm. it, he's, he's interesting to watch there's another character here um, uh, Hideki Asaka or Akasaka uh-huh. um, who is apparently an aide to the prime minister who is kind of on like you know Rondo's uh, or Yaguchi's uh side at the end of the day but it's very much kind of like trying to keep them out of trouble almost um like in the initial things before they realize it's a monster 
Yuguchi makes a point of saying, he's like, well, it could be a monster. And everyone kind of looks at me and he's like, this is not a time for a joke. Oh, yeah. And every, and then, like, no more than, what, like, two minutes later, like, they realize it's a monster that's it's coming out of the sea. It's like, oh, well, that joke really isn't a joke anymore now, is it? Yeah, so, so in, and it's interesting because you get the other theme you get here in the in the Japanese movie that you don't really feel in the American movie is is you get a sense of young and old. Yes, that there's a like a younger way of thinking, but that that really wants to uh, manage the manage the crisis and stop stuff from happening versus an older mentality of trying to you know manage the fallout from what's happening because there's endless number of times in which you're like, well, we need to go. Um, well, let's go and have a press conference, or I'll take responsibility for this, and I'll I'll communicate with this to the public, so forth. A, a lot like, of messaging. Yeah, a lot of messaging and trying to like, you know, and and even when they get to what I find particularly interesting throughout this entire film is that, um, you know, they're very very conservative about using their military force by comparison to the West to us Westerners, where it's like not we're, a, yeah, we're not gonna load the gun yet. Well, it's not even so much we're not, we're not even going to load the gun. I mean, like, there's a possibility somebody could get hurt. We're not going to fire when there's a singular possibility of one person getting hurt. Yeah. We would we would lose entire face at the end of the day. It's like, yeah. it's like you know, like collateral damage to them means a, means a lot more than to us here in America. We're Not our, as disposable. We're, is where our, our movies are basically like, we're going to, you know, collateral damage be done, you know, if it saves lives elsewhere. Yeah. You know, we're very much of the opinion here. It's like, F you, we're getting this thing done and stopping it. Yeah. So, um, so there was that. So I found that kind of an interesting notion here as well. But like, you have to get the approval from one person to get approval to give, to give that order to the next person. They'll give the order to the next person. They'll then give it to like three more people down the way. And, and here's where I felt like, like it was satirical was, was it, I think it mocked the chain of command. Yes. Now, um, now I don't think we can really talk about Godzilla in this movie without uh, a Godzilla movie without talking about the Godzilla. Oh yes, this is my favorite Godzilla in so many ways. In well, so many ways. So it starts off with this weird kind of baby Godzilla, kind of like a babyish sort of thing here. Where like, oh, it's definitely a baby. It's, it's got fur. I mean, that look, those look like ripples of fur. I don't know about fur necessarily. It's got so it doesn't. It doesn't have the traditional look of Godzilla here just yet. It looks well, kind of like a crocodile. When it first comes out, it it can't stand upright. It's more like a big monitor lizard, like an oversized monitor lizard. I was gonna go kind of like an alligator without its front uh, without its front arms. Okay. So it's like it's like a, it's like a alligator without its front arms. So it's kind of like walking along the ground with like its back legs. Now, mind you, when when it's initially traveling through the water here, they make a point of saying. Oh, it's too big. It'll never support itself on land, so it'll never get onto land. It's only amphibious. And it's got the cool spines across the back. And it's got the spines across the, the classic Godzilla kind of... Godzilla always has, yeah. Um, and then no sooner do they say, oh, it'll never get on land, and then like somebody retorts that, it's walking on land. It's like, ah. Crap. Um, but it makes a lot of... A cool. What it makes is a lot of allusions to is all these boats that are getting kind of pushed to the side and You everything. actually see them. You, so you see, you know, and they're canals all, all over... Japan, Japan. Yeah. Japan and rivers and, are very synonymous. Yeah, and so you see the boats literally... It's actually probably, for me, the most realistic Depiction in terms of, 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 of what would actually happen because you see the boats just all piling on top of each other in the canals. 
Yeah. The, and and it's it's as if you would ma- is it's the best way I can analogize is imagine you had a bunch of match matchbox cars. Yeah. And they and, all and you had kind of like a walled in sort of like, you know, canal with your yeah. with your with your pillows in a bedroom. And you were just like taking a big old shoveling trowel and just kind of going right through and all these cars are getting piled and toppled yeah. on top of another. They're getting thrown to the right and left. They're basically just getting uh funneled like you would like a so in the front of the train, you know how you have like the cow yeah. splitter almost? Yeah. It's very much like that, where they're just kind of being split over to the sides and and pushed through the water in a lot of cases and then kind of like just piling on top of one Yeah, another. and piling. And, and you saw a couple of different um, sequences that were the equivalent of that, like the sequence with the with the train. Yeah, there's a train that happens. It, that it, get it, gets, it gets airborne and it sort of like switch back, switches back on itself and... And, uh, you know, there are a number of things like that that happen. And then very realistically, it shows the mass evacuation with people getting all these all these buses. And then all you see are, are the, the freeways. Just lined with buses. buses. Yep. Which is what would happen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I thought it, it did... It, it treated we, it very realistically. It didn't make it spectacular. No. But it made it very realistic and kind of gritty. Mm-hmm. And so I liked that better. So Godzilla starts out again in water, and then he gets on land. And he's, well, we, we, now, we mentioned this earlier. He's kind of got this, like, googly-eyed sort of thing going on with his face initially. Um, to me, he's very clearly baby Godzilla. It's a baby Godzilla. It's also a lot smaller Godzilla as well, because they later say he, like, doubled in size. Well, he can't yet walk upright. No. So... That it, doesn't last long. It though. doesn't last long. So it gets to this particular point now. It's kind of like going down the streets, and it's pushing away all these cars. Again, people piling up. People are screaming. Up, you know, people are screaming and running, running away. yeah. Um, and then at a certain point here, like, it stands up. Like, it gets on its back but, but, legs. But he starts physically changing. Yeah. And so you he, see him physically changing. It starts kind of, like, doing this kind of, like... It gets becomes more scales or hard skin or firm skin or something. You get the original the, skin is kind of soft. Softish looking, looking. Yeah. yeah. This one looks a little more jagged or more scaly I, I would, to me, To me, the, the, the original Godzilla that we see looks like a little like a Muppet Godzilla. Like a puppet. Yeah, he's very much had that kind of wobbly sort of head and a tail and everything was kind yeah. of flopping back and forth almost. Yeah. yeah, now when it stands up, you start to get a little more sense of a it's something yeah. suit in an actor sort of, in a suit actor sort of thing yeah. there. It's got what looks like the early versions of like the Godzilla hand, of hands and it's got, in its head is, again, because it resembled more like a crocodile or like, yeah. a, like a lizard initially. Yeah. Now it's kind of like stood up and its head is kind of, kind of like, erected itself like a like we would think of Godzilla's head and its eyes are still very googly but so kind of sh- shrunken the, into its the head a little evolution of Godzilla mm-hmm. and at this point here like the military is like we got a shot we have the shot can we take the shot and it's like no there's civilians in the there's a civilian in the way we won't take the shot it is and it's just like a, a woman and child or man and like child a man and child and like a, yeah. like a firefighter that's trying to get him out of the way yeah you know, so it's the only reason they don't actually fight, you know, do the thing to Godzilla here. Well, uh, he's still not full grown. Yeah. And then Godzilla, um, you know, basically kind of turns around and goes back into the sea. And then they basically describe that. That happens actually a couple times during the evolution. Is that no, just, comes, just the one time. Just the one time? Yep. So then he oh, goes back to the once. sea. Okay. Um, and it's explained here that Godzilla was only on land for a It was only 
on land for about two hours. Yeah. And created all this destruction. And so from here, it's all about, um, you know, before we were in crisis management mode. Now we're in, like, post-crisis management mode trying we to figure out. We know what it is. We know what it is. And we've, we've got to reason out. And how many people does it take to reason out? You've got these rooms. It, again, interesting culturally because you've got these rooms with people at the table and people in seats behind the table. Mm-hmm. Like not good enough to sit at the table. Well, now mind you, like not only these. Now mind you, um, so but it'd deal- be like having the full Senate there. Oh no, but it's, but again, it's even funnier though because you realize that while all these people are at the board or at this boardroom table and there's people behind them, sitting behind them, there's sh- there's happening. there's sofas and a chair on the other side of I that, mean, yeah. where the actual prime minister and the ministers are at, and everything else yeah. at the table. You realize it's just an aide or some sort of like, you know, section chief of something, and you're just yeah. like. How many people does it take to make a decision? It, and and, it, and they, they actually get that point across, I thought, very well. Because this isn't just once or twice. You keep coming back to this, this type of the scene. Entire movie. Yeah. And you get a lot of the characters where, like, even the Prime Minister, for a lot of cases, doesn't feel like... Somebody just tell me the answer so I can make the, so I can make the right decision. Yeah. Or somebody tell me what I need to do right now. A lot, a lot of second of cases, guessing. Yeah. It's a lot of and again, it's a lot of like telling the prime minister, prime minister, you need to tell us to do X, Y, and Z so we can go do it. Yeah. We're telling you to go tell us what to do. Tell us to go do it. So there's a lot of that that's also happening. Um, they end up they end up bringing in the Americans because they realize they can't do it on their own well the americans have well i don't know if or they the americans br- force themselves in i believe the americans have forced force, themselves yeah. in which would be characteristic of the americans to the japanese because remember yeah. we forced our way in there back in the in the early 1900s as well yeah um and so there's this american liaison that's meeting with yaguchi that it's a, a fairly young girl yeah. i mean she she looks like she's in late 20s early well, well they remark that in like you know one of the things that they remark later on is like you know she seems awfully young it's like yeah but you got to remember the americans pride you know um you know work you know pride you know don't pride their on worth that worth that they pride themselves on people who can get stuff done yeah so, and, and she's also apparently a senator's daughter as well so i mean like Oh, that's the reason why. Sort yeah. of like, sort of thing. And but, she's snarky. Oh, she's snarky. Yeah, she like she initially gets there because she's like, oh, I just came from a party. That's why I'm dressed like this, you know. Rather than you know, and she's dressed a little sexier and a little lower. She's still a, a pencil skirt, but but lower still, cut blouse and lower cut blouses, a little bit more style to it here, a little bit more flair. Like it's still prof- it's still business professional, but it's like. Business professional with some style. Yeah. With some style and some class to it. And she's always, she's also wearing big earrings most of the time, too, is what I also Which noticed. Japanese women don't wear earrings. No, no, they typically I, don't. I discovered that while trying to buy jewelry in Japan because I wear earrings and I always look for earrings and, and they don't wear them. Yeah. But keep in mind that particular scene as well when we were in Japan, they don't accept credit cards either. Yeah. That's and we, true. Were, we were very upset about this. It's like, yeah. wait a second. This is good everywhere. It's an yeah. American Express. This has got. This has to work. And you're. And we were just. Well, like, Visa didn't matter. It. It. Mastercard didn't matter. And, and, well, this, like, this is also at the one in a, in a large department store. Yeah. yeah, this was also like in the Rio Ken we were at as well in. Uh, yeah. In uh, Kyoto. And I think we both just kind of eventually realized he didn't pay his bill on that. Yeah. He almost didn't even know we were coming. Yeah. Yeah, that was so. that was a weird place. So. 
but but yeah still, so yeah so she's so she's depicted very differently yeah it's, it's just, I, it, I wonder she's not deferential no not deferential she's more commanding if anything else and she yeah. very much is very much telling other people what she knows and what to do rather than seeking approval at all yeah um and then so I, I'm curious to see whether they got you know how much of a take of this is on um what Hideki Anno and the Japanese think uh, American women would be like or how they would expect them to interact like that interact with Japanese again it's a, it's a cultural is a cultural depiction of of their thoughts on Americans it, it's really interesting mm-hmm. um, because she is uh, as I said not deferential she's very snarky and and uh, playful even yeah yeah and it's a very different like like she knows it's a series but she's willing to be able to like make a joke out of it occasionally yeah. was where the rest of the Japanese are very much kind of like a stern sort of and thing. they're not quite sure at first quite sure what to do with her either no they almost were very kind of um dismissive of her initially because yeah. she's like this girl really this 20 something year old yeah. well she gets stuff done in america so i mean like that's what they pride well, themselves they show on. her actually on a plane speaking to the president see i don't know if that's the president or not though well, that's president ross she referred to him that way oh okay yeah in japan too of all places yeah so um and all right so Godzilla goes back into the ocean and they're figuring it out she's actually the one that gives them the information that says well what is it called well you know it's like Godzilla yeah that's what we called it we thought the word God would help it out there what is it in the original Japanese Godzilla yeah and then so like yeah there's sort of a they, when, sort of they, when little... they make the, the, when they realize that they're like oh so, yeah so they're kind of like okay all right sure why not um, and so everyone now starts just calling, referring to it as Godzilla again. I don't know why we don't call it by a by a scientific numerical yeah. name of some sort. You know, this is unknown yeah. creature. Yeah. You know, this is UC one, unknown creature one. Yeah. Or something like that. But we don't. It's Godzilla. It's Godzilla. Um, and so we get a little period of time here where, like, they're trying to figure out more about Godzilla. They've realized that the radiation that is being left behind by Godzilla basically makes these places like uninhabitable yeah. and so the real concern here is that godzilla will if we got rid of godzilla you know like the fallout from the nuclear fallout from this will you know basically make these places uninhabitable for you know hundreds of years oh and and before we do anything with godzilla we've got to evacuate these places mm-hmm. because because you know because yeah. of because of crazy dinosaur thing yeah um, and so we come back, I, th- I, I wanted to say it feels like it's been like, and I don't know what the time span difference is. It feels like it's maybe been a month or two yeah. and Godzilla comes back. Yeah. Cause Godzilla has gone back into the ocean. He went back into the ocean and he's now come back and it's not clear what Godzilla is doing on land at all. So much. He's just kind of like there. Yeah. So, so in, in, in the Japanese film, you don't have the ex- explanation for why Godzilla. Mm-hmm. It's just Godzilla. It's just Godzilla. Whereas in the American film, we have we we feel the need to explain why Godzilla. Why Godzilla? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just we, an observation. We, yeah, we have to we have to explain why Godzilla is there. You know, yeah. like. And it, this is just Godzilla's back. Godzilla is here. What is he doing? Well, he's walking through the city, like a giant, you know, fifty-story thing would do. Yeah. And um, 
you know, now this time around, they've decided, you know, that, you know, they've, they've evacuated all these places ahead of time because they knew kind of where he was heading to. They got a nuke him. Um, and they've, de- well, they've decided now that they're going to use military force here. So they, yeah. they bring out the tanks, they bring out the artillery, and they, you know, start attacking Godzilla. And, of course, Godzilla just kind of, like, shrugs it off. It, like, it ain't nothing. Yeah. It ain't nothing. Um, and, um... Eventually, what ends up happening here is he gets to his atomic blast, and he just nukes the ground underneath him. He actually, I mean, as Godzilla's go, he's pretty cool, because he develops the ability mm-hmm. to shoot and direct it. Oh, yeah. Um, nuclear blast out of his fins. So, so Out of his back yeah, fins, yeah. So yeah. it's just kind of like a, like a wide-spectrum sort of thing that just kind of starts taking out all these different... Helicopters and airplanes He's that are coming, buildings like a laser. Oh yeah, very much so, and and it's it's like a lightsaber, pretty much, like just yeah. kind of slicing through stuff, and whatever happens afterwards, left afterwards. And he's just kind of like just mowing stuff down at this point. And and he can direct them. The, mm-hmm. That's I mean that was the impressive thing. It isn't like they just come straight out of his back. He can like lean around a little bit and, and, kind of, and shoot him shoot him in places. Clearly showing that he understands what he's trying to hit. Yeah, or that he's trying to hit something at least. From his back. Mm-hmm. It's like shooting without looking. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty cool. And then for whatever reason, Godzilla stops moving. And basically becomes like a statue almost. They freeze him. No, no, not yet. Oh, not yet. No, no, okay. not yet, not yet. Um, but no, Godzilla just stops. And yeah. he stops moving around. And it's come to the decision here now that conventional firepower won't stop him. We're going to have to nuke him, and the Japanese are very. Um, and it's in the process of um, using his laser blast and everything. Um, you got one, your science guys working on it. You got your science guys working on it, but one of the laser blasts takes out the prime minister and a whole bunch of his cabinet as well. Yeah. So now all this like bureaucracy, you know, the old guard is gone. All the, all the old guard is gone, but uh, now it's like all this bureaucracy has kind of been lifted. Yeah. You know, so now the people now we can get things done. Now we can get things done. And they go about that here. And so the Americans have basically collected the international community and decided, well, we have to get rid of this thing before it does more damage. And as a result here, we are going to nuke it. And they've given the time bad for idea. it. Yeah, and we all agree it's a bad idea, but the prime minister basically we, says... We knew it was a bad idea the minute the Americans suggested it. Oh, yeah. The, Ameri- the Americans are, are kind of seen there as kind of like the big authority figure that's going to push their weight around to get what the what they want done even if the Japanese don't like it. And the Japanese are... And without consideration of others. Yeah. Now, the new prime minister is the former agriculture minister. And he very much doesn't want to have, you know, have on his record saying that, you know, like, I let the third nuclear bomb hit Japan. Because yeah. it's only ever happened twice. It happened in Japan. This would be the third time. And I can't, you know... And... You know, I can't be the guy that does that, especially in the sense of that. Like, not on my watch. Not on my watch, yeah. And but they really don't have any other choice or options at all. Yeah, they they don't they don't have an alternative solution. No, and they, and they they've got they've got no other choices here at the end of the day. So they end up um, going back to our you know like the scientist guys at the end of the day though, they come in and they're basically like, well how do we figure this out here? And they figure out we could freeze him. They, they, yeah, so they figure out that they can sort of coagulate him. Yeah, freezing. They, so they're going to grab, they, so they 
basically start mass producing this freezing coagulation sort of thing, and they put into this play, plan that essentially will be... They're going to use what are really cement pumps. Yeah, cement pumps to pump in uh, coolant into Godzilla that will hopefully... So they got to knock him it. down, though, and get it into his mouth. Yes, so uh, with the help of all the other characters here, they come up with, you know, the Yaguchi operation. And the notion of it here is to first send in high rail, high speed bullet trains who are going to um, get launched by the railway system onto Godzilla, who again, remember. Intentionally. Intentionally. Now, mind you, Godzilla has been lifeless and not ha- it hasn't moved. He's tired. At all for like. He's tired. He, he hasn't moved for about a good like three weeks here at this point. Yeah. Because they've. But he's put, upright. But he's upright and he's like, his tail is very, st- but he's very static. He hasn't moved at yeah. all. So they launched these bullet trains at him which explode around his legs and his head that knock him into the supporting building going to find out well he's been awake and alive the entire time he just hasn't wanted to move at all yeah and so he was recharging he was recharging and so they knock him into the buildings with the intention of trying to knock him down and they send in um these american drones which are going to attack him in order for him to use up all of his lasery blasty sort of stuff, yeah. So he shoots off his, his the, spi- the stuff from his back, and then he, when that stops working, he gets out his fire breath, and his tail now shoots out stuff as well. Yes, and and again, firing without looking because it's behind him, mm-hmm. um, and gets rid of this entire you know wave after wave after wave of these drones before. They set off explosions, which knock him down. All the, they, they, they very wisely figure out that they can actually, if they can get him in in between narrow, you know, a narrow pathway between buildings, they can knock buildings into him and knock him down that way. Yeah, and have so the they're bu- going to use, they're going to knock down the buildings and force the buildings to collapse, sort of into, on top of him. Yeah. yeah. So, the, and the idea there is that once he's knocked down. We'll get the cement. We'll get the cement uh, pump trucks with their long crane arms that are going to coordinate them. Then they're going to coordinate them with all the coolant trucks, and they're going to go ahead and basically pump Godzilla full of coolant at the end of the day to freeze him. Now, now how, they they never talk really about how they recruit the um, the, the drivers. Yeah, because I, I I tell you, I'm not driving one of those. Yeah, I'd be apprehensive about doing it. Driving yeah. and, and trying to angle because you have to be fairly skilled to to, to place. Move, yeah. To not only move them, but to then also the, to, yeah, to to get that thing in there. Because they're you know if you've never seen one, there's there's they're, they're um, sort of accordion like um, crane arms basically. Yeah. So yeah, not, not that it, easy to maneuver. No, and and again, like they get the, they get it in there the first time, and then. You know, Godzilla looks like he's pretty lifeless at this point, but yeah. roars up and basically just fire breaths them down. Yeah. Gets back up, and then there's like, okay, we'll detonate the next two couple of buildings and detonate a couple, you know, or rather they send a bunch of other trains with explosives, and they, yeah. you know, that all explodes around Godzilla. And then they knock out a couple more buildings around him and knock him down a second time. And this is the one where we actually get more coolant in him in here him, this yeah. time. Yep. And they get all the coolant in them that they need to how they know the exact precise amount of again movie it's body weight you know okay body weight that makes sense yeah and so um so they eventually like get Godzilla up and he's like he's moving around and he just eventually just freezes like a statue yeah he, he stands up and then he like strikes a pose yeah 
And that's just like kind of like the end of Godzilla. Yeah. Now, it's not known whether he's alive or not, but... I thought it kind of left it for a sequel. Yeah, I did too. I, I, you know, cause, because, you know, what are you going to do with Godzilla? It's sitting, I mean, how, how are you going to keep him frozen? Mm-hmm. You've got Quagland in him, but do does we keep, it thaw? Do we, do we keep putting Quagland on him? On him? We, yeah, how do, do we, we do that? Do we build do, something around him to stop him? How do we maintain him? him? But, I mean, and, and then he's he's like a focal point of the city now because he's just kind of hanging there. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a big statue. Yeah, and uh, you don't get an explanation if, if the city's still toxic because he's... You do, actually. Oh, do you? Okay. So, um, almost immediately preceding that here, once they've kind of congratulated each other that the plan worked, uh, one of the scientists comes in and shows the data shows some data off that basically says that the area surrounding um, where Godzilla has been at, uh-huh. the radioactive has a two to three year that's right so it has a two it, to three year lifespan has a short lifespan so it's so you know you can't do anything with them right now because it's too radioactive but a couple yeah. of years from now like the radio radio the As radioactive will die like, down and dis- dissipate yeah so you'll be able to rebuild at one point yeah yeah so he's just hanging out yeah and, so he's, and again the final but the final scene shows his tail which looks like skeletal like creatures are trying to like escape from the tail yeah and they're all frozen and rocket when there's rocks now but like was this offspring potentially what was on this tail at one point yeah you know which is interesting in and of itself at this point left a lot of open-ended questions available for a sequel to answer yeah so that was shin godzilla and again i think we both liked this one more because it was less it, it, you know, I think when you get the multiple monsters in it, maybe two monsters is okay. Three was uh, okay. A little much. Yeah, but but seventeen was like way too many. So so I mean I think the the fact that it was just Godzilla and Godzilla had some kind of cool features. Too. Mm-hmm. The, I thought the laser thing was was pretty slick. Oh no, I I really respect this version of Godzilla. At the end of the day, I think it was. Spot on. You, you perfect won disaster. the Japanese Academy Awards. I understand. Seven Academy, seven Japanese Academy Awards, including best film, including best film and best director. Yeah. Um, it also was the highest grossing film of 2016 as well, the highest grossing Godzilla film as well. So it did really well. Um, and so it was, you know, and again in. Uh, they released three other animated movies there afterwards. They're all available on Netflix. I haven't watched them yet, although the day is young. Okay. And I, although I still haven't caught up with my other podcasts I listen to. Yeah. So the day is young and there's still plenty of opportunities. Um, but I think we'll leave it at that for Godzilla. So what did you think of Godzilla here? You know, I, I and, and like, like most things, I hadn't experienced it and you kind of, and go okay, um, but I enjoyed it. Well, well, again, I was going to say you have probably an interesting take on it because again, you watched the very, very early Showa era Godzillas, and now yeah. we're watching the more uh, recent ver- variations on Godzilla. As where I've only have ever like gotten hints of the original Showa era Godzilla films. Are they available? Um, there's plenty of YouTube clips, YouTube clips on them, but. Not readily available, from what I'm aware of. Yeah, uh, I don't remember much storyline behind, besides you know, 
it's Godzilla and he's taking stuff out. And who's to say that between the translation between English to Je- from Japanese to English that they didn't rework the entire story? This is true. You know, there could be plenty of mystery science theater re- re-edits there at yeah. some point. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I liked all these movies here again. I think we both kind of agree that it's Shin Godzilla, then Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and then just 2014's Godzilla. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so next, so next week, just so that way, if you got yourself a subscription to Disney Plus, you're not going to feel as though it's gone to waste because we're going to go back to Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch WandaVision. Yeah. It's episode eight. Um, we'll have we'll it, this last Friday would have been episode seven. We've now got episode eight in the next week after that, which will be our uh, tutorial uh, podcast, and then we'll do the review because episode nine will come out on Friday, the following week after that, on a Friday in March. Very cool. So we have you know so there will be stuff coming. Very good. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, me too. I've, I've heard good things. I've been I've been excited to want to watch it, but I've wanted to binge watch it all at once. So. I think I will probably have to start that here next week as far as binge-watching yeah. um, WandaVision. But again, it looks interesting at the end of the day, so I'm very excited for it. I am too. And it'll also be kind of our first real uh, Marvel push after uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Yep. Um, and which sort of, it feels like we've been waiting almost like two years to get more Marvel content, really. So it you know, it'll be nice to kind of jump back into the Marvel Universe and even from a small vantage point to kind of see where what's changed and where things are going to at this point. So Yeah, it'll be fun. Absolutely. Um, but you can follow all of the all of our show notes here as well as all the, get the podcast for yourself as well at our website at the nerdtutorialpodcast.com. And then we continue this conversation as well at our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorialpodcast. And then if you have any ideas or any fellow topics that you think we should cover on our podcast here you can drop me a line at nerd underscore tutor at twitter.com and we also follow all of our old topics here as well so anything that happened previous any sort of previous topics here that we've been following we also follow on there as well so if you're catching older episodes you can find out the new stuff that's happening out there from the twitters but until then we hope that you guys stay safe in these weird times and we'll see you guys again next time bye